Hello guys and girls, welcome to episode 102 of the F Reality Podcast. This is a weekly VR, AR and MR talk show, live streamed every Saturday on YouTube, Facebook and on Twitch. You can catch the show live also in VR and chat with other like-minded VR enthusiasts using big screen TV. The show starts live at 7pm in Europe, 6pm in the UK and 12 midday in Central US. You can also check out the audio version, which is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Anchor, and also on Spotify. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback during the show, please put them in the chat. We'll try and answer as many questions as we can. Now it's time for me to introduce you to the team. First up, this guy's a master of disguise. He could be a cup, he could be a box, he could be a crate. You'll never know when he plays prop hunt in VR back from attending the lonely viper's wedding it's the rowdy guy how you doing man you all right i'm doing perfect yeah indeed uh, i just got back from from viper's wedding uh, it's been it's been a while since i last saw him i think it was from like uh, oc5 i believe that was the last time that we oh. that we saw him but you know you all know that uh, that me and him like we we keep in close contact we are actually very good friends and uh, it was it was really cool to just hang out hang out uh, together for a week uh, yeah it was pretty epic Whereabouts was it? Uh, it was in Portugal that the wedding was. Oh, nice. Nice yeah. weather, I bet. Yeah. Wonderful weather. Beautiful they... location. Uh, ideal for a wedding. <laughs> Although you don't have much of a tan, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's because I decreased the saturation on my video in order not to make you guys jealous, of course. Okay. That's, that's very kind of you. Thank you very much for that, dude. <laughs> Thank you. So this next guy, he's great to go exploring the galaxy with. Just be careful, though, because he gives the deadliest fist bumps. It's, of course, VR streamer, Zimtok5. How you doing, dude? You all right? I'm good, Mike. Very good. I'm glad that I still have it in me to, uh, you know, knock someone out in one punch. How'd you like that? It was crazy. Like, for those that don't know, me and Zim were live streaming No Man's Sky together, which we'll talk more about later. Um, but we saw each other for the first time in the game, and I was like, oh, come over here, dude, like little bro fist. And uh, he just like killed me with one punch. <laughs> so I was like, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, it was good. Um, this week, I think, given Rowdy's back, I'm going to do a double take on this and uh, just say I've, I've been spending my week um, listening to Fear Inoculum on loop. So that's my immersive thing for the week. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's my bit. I, I, love I saw that you listened to it uh, uh, with the sub pack. Yeah, oh man, oh, it's good. It's good with the sub pack. And is this uh, Tool again? Yeah, it's Tool yeah. again. Okay, it's their, it's tool. But their track has hit 7 million views in, what, a week? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, now that Rowdy's back, you've got a fellow sort of exactly. rock enthusiast to, to it's share almost as much excitement as, with. It's almost as much as my videos. Yeah. <laughs> almost. Of course, of course. <laughs> Next up, he's a diamond VR geezer and our special guest on the show this week. It's Gamer Tag VR. Welcome to the show, mate, and thank you for joining us. How are you doing? Hello. Hello. Yeah, I'm good, man. Thank you for having me on, everyone. Cheers. Thank you. Great to have you, dude. Great to have you. Uh, GT is replacing uh, Nathy this week because he's currently in Sweden. Uh, he's actually at Resolution Games, uh, the developers behind Angry Birds VR and the upcoming game Akron Attack of the Squirrels. So I'm sure he'll be able to give ah. us uh, his insights on that next week. They also did Narrows, which is my favorite uh, my favorite Oculus Go mm. game. Okay. So if you haven't tried that, if you like FTL or From Other Sons and those games, Narrows is like a pirate-themed version of the same thing. 
So really uh, good, really good shout. Lo- but really I love, yeah, I, Resolution Games. Like they, I didn't even know who they were for the longest time, and then I played this, and I saw the other things they've done, and now with Akron coming up in Fortnite, can't wait. Can't wait. Yeah, and Sweden's like a little hotbed of uh, development studios, VR and non-VR studios. So maybe uh, uh, Nathan will get to visit some of those as well and give us some insights into what he's been up to next week. Um, but last but my name is Lise, myself, the host of the show, Mike from Virtual Reality Oasis. We've got an interesting show for you today. Some of the highlights include that we're going to be talking about Nate Mitchell leaving Oculus. Uh, there's an upcoming arena scale local multiplayer game in the works for Oculus Quest called Space Pirate Arena. So hyped to talk about that. Mm. Zim's going to give you the lowdown on the latest releases to look forward to next week. And then finally, at the end, our main topic of the show is, of course, the biggest game this week and possibly of the year, No Man's Sky. And we're going to be giving you our thoughts on it because no doubt we all played it this week. Yeah. Did you play it this week, Rowdy? Have you had time? Yeah, I did. I played okay. it yesterday. Awesome, awesome. Great to hear. So uh, let's start the show by finding out what everyone's been playing this week and the highlight of the week. Hopefully, uh, we're not going to be talking about No Man's Sky. So if you've played anything (laughs) other than No Man's Sky, let's talk about that. Otherwise, we can kind of skip through this segment of the show and move straight into news. So what about you, uh, you, Zim? What did you play? Affect me. Uh, Can I remember anything else? I did get to playing... Oh, oh God, do I have to talk about that now? What's it called? Shadow Ninja Legends. I actually oh, no. tried Ninja Legends. On Quest? Oh, it's, yeah. Oh, it's okay, bad. Okay, go for it. No, it's Oh, God. Okay. So they start you off with, like, dialogue that is just, like, it's. it feels like you took a slider. You know, if you're, like, in VLC or a program like that, and you, you, like, slide it down to, like, 50% speed. So it, it, the, the tutorial is, like, they, they recorded it, <clears throat> and they just, like, slowed it down. And this is going on for, like, it felt like five minutes of like, and now you're gonna block a right attack, and now you're gonna block a left attack. The whole game is basically you're a ninja, you've got katanas, and um, the only redeeming feature that I found in the game in the 20 odd minutes I could stand to play it um, was that when you cut people, you literally slice them in half, and you see all Mm. the kind of inner bits and stuff. It's kind of like if you had lightsabers, but um, they, they do a pretty convincing job of that, except for the fact that the kind of, the way that enemies kind of come at you is incredibly unnatural. They kind of queue up, like ready to go, and then they come at you like squirrels. Um, I didn't find it fun at all, uh, to be honest. I just, even the slicing people, I was like, this is just like, you know when they do like grotesque stuff just for the sake of? I mean, slicing through the first guy was kind of fun for about five seconds. And I know you can get like uh, claws like, um, who am I thinking? Wolverine. Yeah, Wolverine's claws and go slicing people. But I really didn't. I think the game doesn't deserve to exist. Honestly, that's my opinion. Sorry, um, and it's I just. I actually enjoyed that. I didn't like I, it at all. No, I didn't mind it, man. I had a really good sweat on, and when I, <laughs> I, I thought it was okay, and I agree with you on a tutorial completely, man. It was really long-winded, and it holds your hand, and you're like, you would have figured this out just playing it. But um, then there was like a double-ended staff. Uh. That was cool because it didn't actually slice him. You could bash him around the head and sort of knock him out oh. and hit him in the, in the balls and everything. It was, it was all right. It was, <laughs> that was fun. So, so it was, was it like a, almost like a Darth Maul type yeah, like thing? Yeah, it was. Okay. Yeah, I definitely felt like I was in some sort of Kung Fu movie. I'm not trying to big it up too much. Zimmy's right. It's not <laughs> amazing. But when I started getting past the swords and checking out other weapons, I thought it was okay. But like when you compare it, unfortunately, like it just pales in comparison to like Sirento. And the thing oh. is... Sirento, yeah. because of its name, I feel like it maybe won't appear in the search results as easily. And as mm-hmm. a result of that, people might 
miss Sirento and pick up this game. And I think that would be a huge shame because Sirento is, it just feels it's that lovely Max Payne mixed with ninja slinging, wall running, all that stuff that you ever wanted and multiplayer. Whereas um, uh, whereas Ninja Legends is, is a single player game. Yeah. Go for it, GT. I was just going to say, man, like, I'm quite surprised. Not saying it's a bad game, but when like VR carts and that sort of game gets on there, why are other games like touring cars, for example, not making it to the store? Like, I'm not sure of the benchmark that is. Yeah, it's weird. It's very it odd. Weird, yeah. Like, is yeah. this like I'm on a park bench and there's just like money bags like, like sliding across the bench? Or is it like maybe it's part of like Oculus's incubator program where, you know, these guys are getting cash to kind of finalize their game, polish it up. And then they're like, OK, well, now we're this far in. We have to release it. But I agree mm -hmm. with you. It's a very odd thing to see that such disparity between the titles you know what, yeah. what it could be is that like the creation process is maybe down to like one or two individuals and maybe just racing games aren't their bag or something like that it could be as could be as something i actually, as, as, as I actually something think like it's more like uh, that they're a little bit want to stay away from copyright infringement since mm. if nintendo would see it and they say oh this is too much like mario kart like mario kart <laughs> and they 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 find a base i'm not saying that they will find a base for that but if they will find a base for that and they see that mm -hmm. oculus has funded that title or like oculus has cur curated into their story then oculus is the one that is the one mm -hmm. the one dealing with the problem so maybe that plays in there as well i don't know i think it's a really maybe. smart thing because the thing that anyone who's gone to work with facebook as a partner has commented is like it's the lawyers you know <laughs> it's the yeah. it's the team of lawyers that appear so i think you're actually onto something there rowdy with that suggestion yeah. yeah yeah you could be but you're right you know the curation process sometimes some little gems just slip through that net and it's a, it's a real yeah. shame yeah. crisis brigade is one that i keep on mentioning uh, i think that game is so much fun it's short but so much fun to the top to the top yeah again yeah another top, one man. yeah there's people sure. out there that have got a quest and they're not going to experience that feeling of to the top with friends. Oh, yeah. But going back to Sorrento, um, actually playing it with a haptic vest is uh, is one of my yeah. highlights of playing that game. Like uh, for those of you that don't know, B Haptics who make a, a haptic vest, um, they implemented uh, their support for their haptic vest with Sorrento, particularly as one of the only games right now that's supported. But it works so well because you feel like the knife slashes and you feel the bullet shots and they've even got like a, a cover that goes over your face like a facial interface so when you get headshotted in the game you actually feel the vibration so this Rep. is pretty much just like exactly what exactly when you were a cop it was just bullets uh, knife slashes so it's but just like it being back on the like beat. A bulletproof vest as well. Day to day old life, yeah, for sure. There's actually a third one though that's coming out. So that one's got a whole bunch of actuators across it. The subpack yeah, yeah. runs off of two drivers. Um, and there was a company who I, I I did see them on a show floor. I think VRLA about a year and a half ago, which I'm going to check out when when I'm over in California next month. Is it Wooger? Wooger, yeah. yeah. But um, they they have a really interesting mechanic. So it looks like a subpack. So it goes on your back, right? But it's also got a sling across the front that has mm -hmm. a puck that does more uh, tactile feedback. And so I'm really interested to try it. And they said they'd give me a demo. So um, I'm trying to wrangle that us F Reality guys get a demo of it if we can squeeze it into our schedule as well. So more on that yeah. later. I think if anyone's in a position to, you know, really compare the subpack to the Wuzher, it's you because yeah. you've used the subpack for so long. Yours. So that would be an interesting comparison, I think. Yeah. Well, that was uh, me anyway, Mike, for my yeah, <laughs> forced nice one, highlight. <laughs> my nice forced one. highlight. What about you then, Rowdy? Did you get to play anything other than No Man's Sky? Yeah. Um, because like I, I got to spend like with the Lonely Viper and there were, were a lot of uh, other like VR associated people there as well. So we were all in the same location. We stayed in the same uh, kind of like villa. 
but because we're all connected with virtual reality uh, a lot of people brought their quests with them so we had at a certain point i think four four different quests i didn't bring mine because i was like yeah, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be playing there now anyway because i'm hanging around but apparently i was the only one who thought that way because everyone brought their quest but what we what we did was uh, it was actually really cool uh we all loaded our beat saber all of us and then we went to stand in a line in the living room and we pressed start at the same time uh to to play the game and you, then you have this really cool shot of all of us like synchronized like doing beats awesome. it was it was freaking amazing that was definitely a highlight of my week yeah nice man nice what about you then gt what you been up to dude uh this week i checked out touring carts actually i got to play that uh, mm. unfortunately they didn't tell me that drifting didn't work with the touch controllers and i was just like the first race was okay and then like nafi was in my chat man just taking the mick out of me because i couldn't get around any of the corners um <laughs> but it actually and it was it was a real solid game I'm really, and they have updated that now by the way and it works with the logitech g29 steering wheel and they were telling me one of the best ways to play it is to get your steering wheel ready use the uh, touch controller in the other hand so you can actually throw your projectiles and i thought that's pretty cool because you, if you want to throw something behind you you literally just chuck it behind you that was pretty cool um nice. checked out red matter on oculus quest as everyone is saying it's a fantastic looking game uh played uh, the newest update on firewall zero hour dark web which i think mm -hmm. would have checked out last night as well and at the moment i think that game is smashing it Awesome. Um, I totally agree. Totally agree. If you're in a PSVR, I think it's a must own. You haven't played the new content, Mike. You've got to sometime. The new levels yeah. are just awesome. Yeah. Did you see the hint as well to the uh the, the, the seat? So in the newest one, there's like a TV set. Yeah. If you watch the TVs, you'll see there's like an oil tanker level coming. And it reminds me of Call of Duty, that first level, and you're mm. at sea on a boat. I don't know whether that is a level, but it looks like it's gonna be a level, like a hint to it. Oh man, that's gonna be amazing. I, I did then, see in, in their communications, actually, because I was, I was going to mention them during the releases, um, just as a heads up, but um, I, they, they, in their original communications, they said new maps, plural, and, mm. you know, and they mentioned all the other bits that come with the, the DLC. So I'm only aware of the, the, the film crew map that you mentioned, the newsroom, which is amazing. Yeah. It's really well designed. Yeah. And it, it's big as well. Um, but maybe that means that as part of of somewhere in this kind of season that we'll get another map who knows yeah well they said that they have said that will that is going to be coming yeah and the maps are free uh yep. and, and the weapons they uh, they've got a new weapon in there as well and also a motion tracker um loads of other stuff and then yeah i mean i'm not going to talk about no man's sky obviously because we've all been playing that but a uh, time stall as well i checked out mm -hmm. on the Oculus quest that was fantastic i didn't know anything about that game and i absolutely loved it and it's really funny as well it was and it had floppy pizza I've never oh. seen animated pizza. Pizza like, physics. Pizza physics for the win. Pizza physics, yeah. So. Nice, man. Nice. But yeah, going back to Firewall, it's one of those games that every time I play it on the PSVR, I really enjoy it. Mm. And then I just go, I wish this was on PC. <laughs> I wish this was on PC, you know, for, for the better tracking, the better clarity in terms of visuals. Um, but yeah, I, I know it's one of the standout games on PSVR. And I think if you own a PSVR, that alongside Astrobot are like must-buy games, in my opinion. Yeah, and one of the things on PSVR, if you can, turn off the anti-aliasing option because it gets rid of the blur, basically. You get some right. changes, but the payoff for a shooting game where you need to see things quite clearly is definitely worth yeah. it. Yeah, have some fond memories of playing that game with Zim, for sure. Um, so what about the chat? Did they play anything interesting this week? Any sort of uh, interesting nuggets from them? Uh, of course, I played No Man's Sky. That was pretty much the only thing I played this week. But I do want to highlight one thing, which isn't necessarily VR, and we were all talking about it just before the show, um, and it is The Boys. 
this oh. TV show on Amazon Prime because I've oh. I've been super into this for like the last two weeks now, and I thought like like let's be honest about it. If you're watching this show, you're you're a nerd, you're a geek, you enjoy cool things. Funny uh, and- thing is, like that week that I spent in the villa, we watched the entire series together with all the nerds back there as really? well. Really? Oh <laughs> man, that seems like the way to watch it as well because you know I'll be oh, like. Yeah. Oh! Yeah, what a fantastic program. It's it's so great. So basically, if if you don't know anything about it, it's basically a a, a new take on the superhero genre in that what if, like, superheroes were, like, kind of douchebags and and they mess stuff up and they kill people by accident and what if they're never held accountable? And it's about this group of people that form up called the boys that basically go and spank them, as they say, (laughs) Um, when they go out, when they step out of line. And it's just such a great show. It's already got a second se- season commissioned before the first show even aired. So it's being worked on right now. So um, yeah, I would urge you to go and check it on Amazon Prime. Also check out the comic books, which I've been reading this week. And then I went back and watched the TV show again <laughs> for a second time. That's how much I enjoyed it. So wow. yeah, I would urge you to go and check out The Boys, which is on Amazon Prime. Who is everyone's favorite character? Just I just want to get that out there because <sighs> I know mine. Huey, oh, I love okay. Huey. Oh, I know. Dark Noir. Oh, I thought of the bad guys, like the, the, the your favorite. Whoa, 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 hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're going into spoiler territory here, maybe, right? If we, if we start labeling people, because there is a transition for some of the characters. Mm. Yeah, true, true. So Mine's got to be Homelander. Homelander, yeah? yeah. You like him? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, he's cool. No, I like Black Noir, because he's just funny. He's just, he is funny. He's yeah. a funny yeah. guy, and he, hasn't, he doesn't have any lines. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. So any good suggestions from the chat before we move into news this week? Yeah, exactly. I saw that people played Sports Scramble on the Oculus Quest. That was Raid 112. Uh, he found it more fun than he imagined, and he was wondering if anyone tried Time Stall on the Quest. Um, also, I see No Man's Sky. I see that appearing. I see people wondering why there is a fitness instructor doing uh, uh, in a VR show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a big guy. He obviously works yeah. for it. <laughs> How- Michael Fletcher played some more Carnage Chronicles. He can't get enough of that. Um, Dave DeSyco played Red Matter and Time Stall, both cool in their own gameplay. But in my honest opinion, Red Matter was overpraised in terms of graphics ex- expectations. That's the first I heard that. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one there. Was, fan- sorry, I was going to say because you, you skipped past that. And it's a game I've been meaning to check out. I'm curious. Phil mentioned Pros. Have any of you played mm-hmm. Pros? Because that looks that looks like quite an enticing game, and I, I've not had a chance to get to it yet. No. Mm. It, was, it was interesting. It was kind of like that other one with the scientist lady who is a little bit too locked into her character, uh, where she goes into that lab and there's the furniture that you move around, um, wine bottles and stuff like that. I can't remember the name of it. Torn? Torn, yeah. yeah. It yeah. was a bit like Torn, but... Um, oh, oh Torn. That's brilliant. That's a, I love that game. That so if, really if you liked Torn or the look of it, check out Pros as mm. well. Cool. There's a Thank demo you. as well. Yeah. Sweet. And then finally, we have uh, Flavorless fi- Flavorless Flan interesting name he's been playing uh, super hot and arizona sunshine with the valve index controllers oh nice i'm surprised that um that, that the guy said about you know being kind of underwhelmed about the the graphics on red matter like i understand like you know it's got some really hard foveated rendering on the edges so it's kind of a bit noticeable but in terms of graphics i don't think there's another game really on the quest that stacks no, up to it i think um, so as well as, 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 especially the screenshots that i've seen is that it looks Mm. Fairly unbelievable for a mobile processor. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to like, just leveling expectations here, you're running it on a phone, right? Yeah. Think about like five years ago, cardboard, right? Now you're running that on... 
but yeah, exactly it's, it's a solid point but if you think about it like when you compare like robo recall for example and red matter exactly. like you know, everything feels like richer and 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 deeper with red matter because they've they've worked on like reflections and lighting and, and optimized them in such a clever way that they work well on the quest yeah. whereas that just wasn't possible with robo recall so th these developers are really pushing the boundaries of what the quest can can achieve really i think mm. i thought the game looked fantastic and mm. like everyone was saying to me what is it what would you do if you compared it to psvr version mm. i'll say the psvr does look slightly better but then you got that extra bit of resolution in the quest so you know and yeah as you're saying it's an incredible achievement it's an yeah. incredible achievement so. i think so um so yeah let's move on to uh news then this week uh the first bit of news is of course that nate mitchell is leaving oculus now if you don't know who nate mitchell is let me sort of take you back give you a little history lesson about oculus uh, if we go back to 2012 uh, the founders of Oculus were Palmer Lucky, Andrew Scott Reese, Jack McCauley, Brendan Areeb, Michael Antonov, and Nate Mitchell. Uh, they founded Oculus and kickstarted the original Oculus DK1. Uh, and during that Oculus Kickstarter campaign, they raised over uh, 2.5 million US dollars during that campaign, essentially resurrected consumer VR technology from death because it had been buried uh, ever since the sort of failure of the Nintendo Virtual Boy. Um, and ultimately, the success of that campaign and the hype around it ultimately led Oculus to be, uh, you know, acquired by Facebook in 2014 for over $2 billion. So crazy what those guys were able to achieve. Um, so I thought I'd give you a little bit of a rundown as to what happened to everyone, because um, it's kind of interesting. Now, Andrew Scott Reese, uh, sadly, he was actually killed uh, right. in, a, in a hit and run car accident a year after the Kickstarter campaign launched. Yeah. It was a really tragic accident, actually. Um, apparently, some, some guys were involved in a shootout. They were being chased by the police. They ran a red light. He sadly got run over and died of his injuries. And it was a real loss to the, the industry back then. Uh, you know, it's, it's a tragic loss. Um, so that's what happened to Andrew Scott Reese, sadly. Uh, Jack McCauley, he worked as the chief engineer at Oculus and was responsible for the manufacturing process around the DK1 and DK2, but ultimately left in 2015 after the acquisition. He's now actually working for a company called Lucidcam, who make uh, VR 180 cameras. Then... In 2017, the most famous one is, of course, Palmer Lucky, who left the company under a bit of a mysterious cloud. Uh, it was suggested that he was forced to leave uh, because of his political views after secretly funding a pro-Trump campaign. Uh, if you want to know more about sort of Palmer's departure and the controversy around that and him starting the company and, and going through up until after acquisition, I would highly recommend you check out The History of the Future. Uh, it's a book by Blake J. Harris, Super interesting read, really insightful. Um, and then last year, we had Brendan Areeb leave the company. Uh, TechCrunch at the time suggested that he was quoted by saying uh, he didn't want to be involved in a race to the bottom, uh, referring to the Oculus Rift S in that, you know, they were sort of uh, squeezing the specs of the headset down so they could sell it at a more affordable price rather than sort of really pushing the boundaries of the tech and going for a high-end headset. Uh, and that was apparently the reason why he left, but of course we never know, you know, for sure. And now here we are in 2019 with Nate Mitchell leaving. Um, now it all came as a bit of a surprise. He kind of posted uh, this message on the Oculus subreddit. Uh, and this is what he said. He said, uh, after an incredible seven years, I've decided to move on from Oculus slash Facebook. 
Virtual reality is still on the bleeding edge of technology, and this community continues to pioneer the way forward. What's ahead is always unknown, and that's what makes it exciting. Stay bold and keep chasing the future. What's next for me? I'm taking time to travel, be with the family, and recharge. Of course, I'll still be part of this community, but I'll have a much smaller role to play. So nothing controversial about him leaving. It just seems like he's needs a break, uh, you know, and uh, decided to to, to leave. Uh, now, the only person left out of the original founding members is, is actually Michael Antonov. Uh, he's the only one that's still working for Facebook, although not necessarily for Oculus. Uh, he's not working on VR at the moment. Apparently, he's working on a as a software architect for Facebook's AI infrastructure team. So he's still there, but maybe not doing what he was originally doing. Um, and of course, it is sad to see like the original team erode away over the years. But this is something that happens with all big companies, all, yeah. all, big, all teams, in fact. Although you know we've managed to stay strong for <laughs> for for a while, so hopefully that doesn't happen to us. Um, but it is, it is kind of inevitable, right, that these things happen. True. I mean, you get different priorities, you know, and, and especially because all, like the majority of these people were still so young when yeah. they started this this company, who got purchased by a. a billion dollar company so i mean these people who have, have, have still a lot of potential to grow but in a billion dollar company like facebook i mean the, the, it's very hard to like rise in the ranks there so it, it's i mean they made their money it might be a more logical step to step away from that big money because they already made it and then go into into their career and try to like go a little bit further into doing something that they really want to do yeah yeah i think it makes sense i think personal aspirations have to come into they factor into it as well for people who are such creative spirits i mean yeah. those are literally tinkerers who put together an industry in their garage you know it's like it's it's something that doesn't come along very often and um you know when you have someone like that that engine keeps going and they're not just want to be fixed in time and place forever it's the same thing that happens with artists right they go off to a side project and do something else but what is that yeah. you know in this industry means jumping to a different company and believing in some other mission statement and uh, supporting that. But um, yeah. I think it's funny. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but uh, Nate was always my personal favorite from the Oculus team. I mean, I liked Paul Malucky, and I've got him on a couple of um, magazines and stuff around my room as Celebrate in VR. But uh, of the team, Nate, I don't know, his smile, his kind of facial structure reminded me of my own brother. And uh, he just always also, brought this glow. So on, you know? And I also think that he was like one of the, the closest to the community after like Pomalucky left uh, because he, he was always trying to like, you know, managing managing all the affairs between the two. If there was like a ruckus, it was like often him who like, would like, you know, come forward and try to like get get some word out. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a shame. Of course it's a shame. He was like mm -hmm. the voice. He, I always felt like he was like yeah. the voice of Oculus. And like whenever you saw him with Tested or whoever was you know interviewing at the time, I thought that he was like as a, as a product team guy, excellent with his with his phrasing and his words he wasn't over committal he, you know he gave you enough detail that would still whet your appetite and that's difficult to do on the spot so um yeah, yeah i looked true. up to him uh, for that reason and definitely when you when you read the book uh, that i mentioned earlier the history of the future it's very difficult when you you start off as a scrappy startup company and you're all sort of got your vision and then when you do get you know, acquired by a bigger company and they have their own goals and, you know, they then take the lead in terms of like, this is the vision for the future. It can be very difficult, especially for creative types. It kind of stifles them a little bit. Um, so, but yeah, it, it, you know, I'm sure whatever he goes on to do, he's going to do uh, great things. But like you guys mentioned, it's kind of interesting that, you know, I've said this before on the show, but I think Oculus, particularly right now in this current 
climate is lacking um you know a face of the company you know i always thought i actually always thought palmer was a great face of the company when he was there um but they haven't really had that in my opinion since since they left i know you said that you you kind of thought that nate was a little bit but i think it's so important to have a front man or a front woman who's the face of the company that that can sort of give important updates to the community about yeah. what their vision is. You know, sh sharing the company vision with the, the consumers, really. This is what our goal yeah. is. This is what our plans are. Um, you know, like Reggie or, or now Bowser at Nintendo or Shuhai at Jobs PlayStation. Or, yeah, yeah. Phil Spencer at, uh, at Xbox, you know, they, they've all got, they're, they're the sort of front. The, the, the front problem people. with that is just, is that it's, the you have the association with Facebook. And when you have Facebook, you say Mark Zuckerberg. and. It's, yeah. it's going to be hard, I think, to like put a face on in a subsection of a company that is owned by Mark Zuckerberg because he's already so, so present. Mm. I, I, think, I think that is just difficult to do. But almost, I think, from a marketing perspective, I think it would do them well to try and separate them almost because, you know, let's be honest about it, Facebook don't have an exactly a good rep right now. Um, so to, to separate it and have a, a, an individual just representing Oculus and this is this is what we're going to do as Oculus moving forward would be better than just like, oh, Mark Zuckerberg is the face of Oculus because I don't think of him as the face of Oculus. No, of I course not. But I, I don't think that there really is like, a, like, is there a face of five? Well, you got um, uh, what was it, Alvin Graylin, who is the who is like the face yeah, of Vive, okay. I would say. So I think he does well at that that role. Um, yeah. But maybe someone like Jason Rubin, I think he's got the, the character and personality to be that person. So that would be great. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I was about to say that name as well, but um, glad yeah. you did it for me. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, nevertheless, um, sad to see Nate yeah. leave. Wish him all the best for the future, and you know, thank him for what he did uh, with the rest of the team way back in 2012. Because we wouldn't be doing this right now if it wasn't for them. So, and I'm just curious, like, do you guys think there's going to be any um, any effect, any visible effect of this departure? I would say that at this stage, like, we're we're probably no, far enough in, right, that it's we're not even going to see it. It'll just be another ripple. At, at least I also I also don't think he would have left if if he knew it would have a negative effect because all of all of these founding members were all very passionate about virtual reality and mm. the entire acquisition by Facebook was also done with the with the idea of like pushing VR forward. Because I mean, let's be fair, that is what happened after the acquisition with Facebook. Um, but I, I don't think that he would have left to negatively impact. I mean, it's a legacy, of course, like mm. it will, he will always be remembered as one of the founding members. And I don't think he would do anything to like, you know, of like to, to, to mess up that legacy, I think. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, as long as we can keep hold of John Carmack, we're going to be okay. I don't know why, you know, I don't know what necessarily his involvement is right now, but, you know, I really hope he, st he sticks around. But I I'm sure that Oculus and Facebook have a vision and they've got like a, a roadmap set out ahead of them, exactly knowing what they're going to do, what products they're going to be releasing and when. But if you're in Carmack's seat right now, that's very important point you're making mike because um you know he basically a couple of years ago said like mobile vr like that's that's the way and that's essentially where he you know dragged the firm you know with yeah. with with his influence and to be in that seat now like i think john's got to be where he wants to be and like what he was talking last year at oculus connect 5 um he was talking about you know tidying up and addressing some of the things that were there you know it's kind yeah. of funny that way yeah yeah it's also yeah. because it's, it's a market that there's not really a lot of competition for Oculus, right? I mean, the Oculus Quest is a little bit like the sole device in its in its category. Yep. So it makes sense that a, a company who has that kind of edge and that kind of potential, of course, because they can reach so much more customers with that, that they focus on mass consumption. Yeah, of course. Mm. Yeah, and I think I think you know we'll see 
probably a big shift in their focus in the future towards mobile. I think PC will still be there. I don't think they'll ever forget PC. Oh no! But I think I think the focus, just like we've seen really this year, is that the focus is going to be on standalone devices. Moving yeah, forward. but that that makes sense. I mean, yeah, it's it the, like we said, as a focus on consoles. Yeah. Uh, like Xbox and PlayStation, I see this exactly in the same way. Yeah, because I think, uh, you know, I said this in my recent video about Quest, and I think it was confirmed by another source, but um, we roughly know that they've sold around 300,000 headsets of the Quest, uh, and it took, mm. and that's in, what, three months? Whereas it took them a year to sell 400,000 riffs. Um, so you can see, you know, that the, the, the standalone market is bigger. Uh, certainly from from the offset anyway whether it can sustain that long term we don't know yet but uh, you know, i think it probably will be likely and those those numbers to me still are just mind-boggling like to think mm. that i mean if, if you compare it to the early days of vr like dk1 dk2 figures i mean i remember they were just scratching i think it was 10,000 units after a year like it it's nuts to think that we've you know the multiplier on that and just thinking about the manufacturing aspect although i've never seen it like thinking yeah. about these things you know being put together being shipped out around the world, um, you know, there's there's a massive logistical engine there that people don't necessarily appreciate. Consumers are just like, I click the order button, it comes to my door, you know? And they don't and, remember yeah. that like all this upscaling is happening in the background. But and, it, it makes me just like yeah. grin. And, and and it's a fully controllable market because we know of the Oculus, Oculus Rift that I sell, we don't know how many of them are running them on the hardware that is actually required to be running an Oculus Rift on. We don't know how many of these people have the, have the touch controls as well, because initially the, they were sold without the touch controllers. So with the Oculus Quest, we know exactly mm. what everyone else has gotten. So that's a very interesting thing for a developer to develop on, because they don't need to like keep minimum requirements in mind or maximum requirements. It's, it's a very interesting platform to develop on, because you know exactly what each and every consumer got. Yeah, it's like the PSVR in that sense. You know, you, yeah. you know what's going yeah. on. Even even more because you don't always get the move controllers with that. True, true. Yeah, yeah it's a really good point. Yeah. yeah, so that is um, a little history about Oculus. Sadly, Nate Mitchell has left. Um, but while we're talking about Kickstarter campaigns, how it all started with Oculus, let's move on to our next bit of news this week, and that is a Kickstarter product called Weightless VR. Oh, God, it's not this. So, I think oh, some man. of you are going to enjoy this one. Uh, so this uh, concept is created by a fellow named Nick D'Angelo. And according to the Kickstarter listing, he's looking to offer a more affordable, safer, and overall more fun way to play games in virtual reality. Now, using some bud bungee cords suspended from the ceiling, Nick says it will keep the player in their play area, all while allowing them to have the most fun possible. So if you're an audio listener and you can't see this amazing trailer that we're playing right now, <laughs> basically it's like a, a climbing harness. Imagine that. Proper like crotch grabbing climbing harness attached to some bungee cords, then attached to the ceiling. That's basically what we're describing. Um, but he says, by having full freedom of motion and the support of the bungees, a player can safely lean back and dodge bullets like Neo or dive forward into virtual water and start freely swimming. Players can now dive to hit balls or catch virtual objects, all while knowing the bungees will bring them back safely to the center of the play space. I have to say, it does look super fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, it does. It looks super fun. I, I would love. I'd love to try it. I would. Ne I would never buy one. I, I don't have the room. No. <laughs> I've been on it. those kind of bungee systems before, and the thing you can see in the video, uh, audio listeners won't appreciate this, but the bungees have to attach to you, right? And and the issue is that it ends up getting in the way of your arms, and and so, although you can have it at the back, right? You're then yeah. kind of being mildly 
pushed forward, which is not going to help with the weight of a headset. So, like, although this looks like really fun, as you say, and it does look fun, they make it look fun, and that's why the video's gone viral. Um, in terms of practical use, like, I, I yeah. really... Who's going to install this in their home? My, my wife still, like, said, I mean, my wife just I, said, actually, um, they use this for fitness classes, why not VR? Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess it would take yeah. the, uh, the the pressure off your limbs, you know, a bit like uh, what was it like doing exercise in the swimming pool? You know, you, you're supported. In, you in do that. Way. Chuck a quest on. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I guess for people with maybe disabilities or or limited mo mobility, this mm. could be a great solution. But I think for the everyday consumer, that would think... be awesome. I mean, think you've everyone's seen like you know films in that where someone's um, had an injury and then trying to recover, you know, through physio, yeah. like physiotherapy yeah. and VR. It mu it's just like it's just waiting to happen. The problem is we've talked about this before. Like medical electronics and, and the kind of combination of technology and medicine tend to be at like polar opposites of the spectrum. Like they end up with technology that's like twenty years old before it actually comes in um, and I, I think I actually really feel like the, the second we had mobile even like the, the gear VR and to go and now the quest like if you're if you're laid up in a hospital bed what better mm -hmm. device oh, yeah. do you have to escape that bloody hospital bed because it's just such a prison it's like it yeah, feels absolutely. horrible yeah absolutely absolutely but this kit um, I think with the quest actually using this kit with the quest would be more interesting because you're not tethered uh, because of course with a PCVR headset you still have to worry about cabling the headset cable away which this guy recommends you know cabling it up and across uh, with the bungee cords I see, yeah. um, but this kit isn't cheap either it's uh, 299 US dollars for the kit and they're planning to get shipped out by the end of the year um, so far, they've only raised about five grand uh, with 42 days left to go, and they've got like a 25 grand like goal, end goal. Oh, um, so I don't think it will probably hit this goal, but I do think it's kind of an interesting product to talk about on the show. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, I do applaud the guy for like trying something new mm. um, because it's a it's a VR motion system that we have not seen yet before. I mean, we've seen like a ton of treadmills. We've seen like things that move around. Like this is something that, and there are applications where I can see this being used. Like, like I said before, it's like another like chip, but like, you know, we're slowly getting towards a, a VR locomotion system that might work for all of the stuff that we have. But what I found particularly interesting is what you said, like you could actually jump into the water and freely dive. Because a suspension system like this would, would work ideally for that to be like in in the air like yeah. just like moving around so that is for, for an application like that i do think that a, that a solution like this will work but of course for like uh, the running and like uh, the the jumping i don't see this really as like uh, an ideal way of moving forward um but i i do always applaud people for trying something new yeah. and i do see this as something that is innovative and is creative and is original so yeah, what I'd love to do, man, is eventually, if the climb ever comes to the quest, is put someone on like a massive block, and then when they fall, kick the block away. <laughs> Imagine that, dude. <laughs> no, like, like, like seriously, no, like, I mean, like, the, the, a great idea there, GT, is um, go to a climbing wall and give people quests and have them climb oh, something man. that's that's already dynamically mapped. It, it maps the wall, right? You climb yeah. or whatever, but you've got obviously normally the kind of belayed rope or, or something that's gonna prevent you from falling to your death. But think about doing that in those segments where you're hanging on a propeller, propeller um, you're oh, hanging man. over a volcano. Like the feeling you'd get is just something of like total concern. And then Rowdy, to your point about, uh, <laughs> about swimming, like I, I've seen someone do it. I don't know if it's any good, but this whole idea of VR in a pool, like, so you take kind of a waterproof equivalent of a headset, 
diving with you. That just makes me, like, the idea just makes me so nervous that, like, you'll get turned around, there'll be a technical issue, and then you'll just end up drowning. You'll be the first person to ever drown in VR. So, so the product yeah. you're, you're thinking of, the, the one that goes in the water, is actually called Ballast VR. Okay. And, and they recommend to play with it in swimming pools. Um, but it's kind of a bit like um, the blue experience in that mm. you're surrounded by fish and stuff, and it's just kind of like a, a fish swimming snorkeling simulator basically i think they also do one for a slide a water a water slide somewhere at a water park somewhere yeah i've seen that on youtube yeah um they're also, an interesting company as well also i think there are uh, quite a few uh vr sim games out there that could make very good use of a thing like this yeah exactly exactly <laughs> could double up as something else um <laughs> But the thing is as well, like you mentioned about, what was it, diving Zim. And I think you're right for the initial inertia of like that moving forward, but then you're gonna get like stopped by the bungee and then hoiked back. And then that's oh. gonna be a real, uh, you know, like weird sensation yeah. I think in VR when you- Imagine back. like free diver. How it's yeah. like structured on your back though, because you can, you can make different kind of ballast points in order to like get rid of that feeling but uh, what i what i think is is really cool is like if if they could simulate some sort of a, a weightless kind of scenario so that it feels like you're falling or it feels like you're flying yeah yeah oh, like oh no just ready laying down and put them in free diver like and because you actually swim in that game yeah, don't you? yeah. 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 That'd be yeah. well, I what, thought the swimming what, mechanics were great in that game. But what, yeah. if, what if they did, uh, you know that plane? Like, I forget what they call it, but they, they bring the plane up and then they turn it down and like this and you're like, you're, you're basically in, in free you're fall you're for you. what, 30 seconds or something? Yeah. Quick, get your uh, VR equipment on. <laughs> yeah. But see, like that, that's what I mean. It oh, is an original yeah. concept because, you know, ideas are already starting yeah. to flow here. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So if you're interested in uh, a bungee ceiling mounted system, <laughs> 299 US dollars, get it by the end of the year. Jesus. Also could double up as uh, an interesting device for your partner as well. So uh, <laughs> there you go. That is weightless VR. Recommended and tested by Rowdy. So let's move on to Space Pirate Arena. This is so cool. This is so freaking cool. Oh. Um, so many of you out there, you have likely played uh, the classic VR shoot 'em up Space Pirate Trainer. Yep. But the question was, what were we training for? Well, now we know. We're, we were training all that time for this game, Space Pirate Arena. Uh, because this week, the team at iIllusions unveiled their new project, uh, which is Space Pirate Arena, going to be on Quest. Now, this is uh, an arena scale, local multiplayer shooter developed for Quest. So this is a bit like the Dead and Buried uh, arena demo that we tried at Oculus Connect 5 last year. Yeah. If any of you remember that. Uh, yeah. Basically, it was like you had four quests in an arena. Uh, it was Dead and Buried uh, 2, their latest one. And you could all share the same physical space and see each other in the same virtual world mapped out in real time. And it was like the best demo of the show. It was so freaking yeah. cool. And and afterwards we were like, you know, is this going to be like a feature of the quest when it launches? You know, VR arcades are going to snap this up. People are going to go to their local, you know, uh, town halls to rent them out to do this kind of thing themselves. And really, since then, a year ago, yeah. no one's really ever shown anything off. We've had little snippets here and there of people doing mm -hmm. it. Even more interesting, I not that long ago, I went to a VR arcade where they had like a, a similar kind of setup like this, but they used HC Vive Pros. They had mm. like maybe like nine lighthouses to in order to track everyone. Just like the 
the technical difficulties that they were having in order to get uh, a, a four versus four match in this was was mind-blowing it took like two or three hours in order to set up just not the not the hardware but just the software and uh, and, and making sure all it was working sure. but seeing like that that they're using an oculus, oculus quest to do this is just mind-boggling mm. it yeah. really is Absolutely. And and it looks like from the video that Space Pirate Arena will sport up to four players. So four players locally playing. Yeah. Uh, each player has three lives and you can choose from one of five different environments. Uh, each player kind of has a pistol and a shield. And interestingly, bullets kind of ricochet off the walls. Yeah. So you can play a little bit tactically and, and like line up a shot to ricochet and bounce off the wall and then hit your target who's hiding behind cover. Yeah. So it looks like a lot of fun to play. Mm -hmm. I, I do wonder, and I see that Nemso just posted in the chat as well, because that was an issue that I was having in the VR arcade. It's like, how do they handle going through a wall? Uh, because I know in the arcade that I played, people were just flat out cheating. They just went yeah. like through the wall or they put their hands through the wall and started shooting. I mean, these are things that, that can be solved, of course, but uh, they need to be a little bit creative into doing this. And I, I personally don't know how they handle this, but maybe we I can know, reach out to them. And, uh... I noticed on the guns, they charge up. I'm wondering whether if you do that, your gun won't charge or, you know, I mean, you get a timeout or you put back to the entry point. It's got to be... Yeah, or you lose a life or something like that as a penalty. Yeah, yeah, or it just yeah, blacks yeah. out. Because, I mean, that's like, I, I mean, I when I see this, like that, yeah. I'm, I'm just thinking T for God. I, I, yeah, I definitely yeah. want, like, I, I really want to see something where, like, you're chasing someone else around a maze, but that maze doesn't really exist. And that maze is non-Euclidean in terms of its geometry. Because that would that is, like, ten times more interesting to me than, like, okay, let's let's be walking around in, you know, you know like a, an open room. And, and only be limited to that space. I want to feel like I'm not there anymore. I want to feel like I'm somewhere else. And it would be really interesting if you did something like, I don't know, a game called The Chase. Like, think if you didn't even use your controllers, you're just trying to catch the other person, but they're yeah. legging it through this geometry, you know? And it's, it's, it's intelligently keeping you out of harm's way of the other player uh, mm -hmm. through the network connection. Uh, that would be really neat, I think, but. Yeah. Yeah, the developers at iIllusions, they stated on their um, sort of YouTube video, the Space Pirate Arena is a glimpse into the future of laser tag. It is a multiplayer, whole-scale VR game designed to get players off their couches and onto basketball courts, halls, and tennis courts, zapping with friends in a multiplayer, frenzied game of hide-and-seek. So from, from what they've said there, it kind of gives us an indication that this is aimed at consumers not necessarily just arcades to set this up yeah. they're, they're kind of they want to push this out to people just to set up their own lo local multiplayer games with friends. it also sounds a little bit like they would do it outside because i don't i don't really know how that would work with various lighting conditions indoor basketball courts halls and tennis courts i would suggest i would suggest indoor locations you could rent out you, places would rent out a hall oh yeah i would do uh, it community yeah, exactly. centers and, for instance yeah. yeah 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 and just thinking about like the, the weight loss factor. I know I'm like people joking about the gym thing. Like, I do think about that all the time in VR. And I always get messages about how people have lost so much weight in virtuality because you, you can't have more fun than playing a game and then losing weight at the same time. And imagine this, like <laughs> you'd lose so much, dude. It's running yeah. around. Yeah, oh, you're you're totally right. You're totally right. And I think from, from what I remember with the Dead and Buried demo last year at OC5, I think they were using like a laptop or a PC as the server that kind of connects all the headsets. Yeah. So I'm not sure if they're going to have to use a similar sort of method, but they did say that, you know, the development of this, they were using assets that are already available. Like none of this is like magic necessarily that, mm. that they've had to develop. They've obviously developed a lot and done a lot of work behind the scenes but in terms of like the core mechanics of 
being able to play a multiplayer game in a local space, I think those assets are available from Oculus. So it's kind of going to be interesting if we see a resurgence of this kind of game. And I really hope that we get to demo this, you know, next month at OC6. They've got to do something to up one up themselves from last year because last year they yeah. had the void and their like runabout and yeah. this and now we're like a year beyond that. The thing I'm the thing I'm like really excited about is developers tinkering with this, trying it. Obviously when we played the Dead and Berry demo, it was um that was like one of the major things. It was just like the oh my god, this is now possible. Mm. But extrapolating that, like I still think that, like this idea of you know having your local hall or, or like that. Where where people's homes are now becoming like more and more void of furniture, and and local halls and things will be the same. I, I would so sign up for you know people go to and yoga in the park and we talked about you know maybe the application of of quest in that space, but but like for fitness like what GT's talking about, yeah, like I would happily instead of go play rugby you know on a pitch or something with a bunch of you know dirty lads, I <laughs> I would much yeah. rather you know go into a hall and and do something you play that rugby? was. Yeah, yeah, I break in yeah. half if I play rugby. <laughs> can you I imagine? think you make a really, really valid point there because, like, if you can imagine just like the paintball scene, for example, yeah. like yeah. people send so, spend so much money on gear and guns and bringing all their load out to like a muddy field and they get wrecked and it hurts. And whereas they could just bring a quest to a hall. That, that's a not going to change, quest. though. That's probably not. Probably not. That's but not going to because those people do that for a reason as well because they yeah. they like that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, the adrenaline yeah. off paintball is amazing. But but think if you augmented paintball. God, Mike, you've opened this whole freaking Pandora's box of ideas now. <laughs> but like, think if you're you're paintballing with a freaking quest or something running around yeah. in a field, right? But like you think you're in, I don't know, uh, like a Blade Runner scene and you're running away from your enemies and you're using real guns, but you and you feel the shots and stuff, like, <laughs> it would be so good. Dude, this is like the return of Laser Quest, as far as yeah. I'm concerned. Like, yeah. that could be the thing, do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I'd love it. I'd and love I, it. I think, you know, you know, with us aside, you know, enthusiasts aside, I think VR arcades will go nuts for this. It'll be like catnip for them. They're going to snap this up so quickly. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with this technology over the next few months. Um, but it's really interesting that this can, this can only really be done on the Quest. No other headset on the market right now can really offer no. this kind of experience. No. You did say, obviously, like with Vive Pros and, and wireless adapters, like, you know, the Arizona Sunshine experience I tried at Gamescom last year. But really, for the ease of setup and everyone just bringing their own headsets, the Quest is, is so good. And cost, them. like, it's £400 yeah. for the... With 64 gig model, it's it's, so true. it's crazy. Yeah. It's gonna be super interesting. So super hyped for Space Pirate Arena. If you're listening to the audio version, definitely go and check out the trailer. It looks really cool, uh, and yeah, really excited for this one. Can I ask one qualifying question before we finish here? Is um, Space Pirate Trainer and Arena are they by the same dev? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, it, like, it kind of looks uh, like <laughs> it's actually the the guys who are playing is uh, is uh, Chris Hanny, I believe, and also Dirk van Welder. Both uh, live in Belgium, by the way, because I meet them quite regularly on the. Wow. No, no, uh, Dirk van Welder doesn't live in Belgium anymore. I'll, uh, I'll pretend I knew those names before, but um, yeah, yeah, I'm just glad because I saw it and I was like, are they ripping off Space Pirate Trainer? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but interestingly, when you look at the the. Um, like the picture, the image that they provided for the for the for the game, it very much looks like Gunheart assets. Uh, you know, they're kind of a robot wearing a little uh, vest. Yeah. So I wondered if they teamed up with those de devs to use some of their assets, maybe. Um, so that'd be so kind the of one thing I've noticed straight away as well is they've got banging music straight away because yeah. Space Pirate Train has got amazing music. Uh, it's one of the things. Yeah, and I noticed it in this trailer. I was like, man, that really brings this out. So gets you hyped. Gets yeah, you hyped to shoot absolutely. up some, some enemies. Yeah. 
yeah for sure um so yeah that is space pirate arena next up is about joppo saves the universe and you know about this right the game from squanch games joppy You're... sauce is the stuff that nathy likes right I love it too, by no, the way. That's yappy. Whatever. Joppy, yappy. It's the same thing. I actually imported some after visiting Nathan. <laughs> that stuff. It's like, I got some in the fridge. It's like onion mayonnaise. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> I'll try it someday. Yeah. If you ever come to Europe, try it. I'd recommend it. <laughs> yappy sauce. But yeah, this is um, Yoppo Saves the Universe. Because did you all play Yoppo Saves the Universe? <laughs> I see Gamertag looking at you like, what the heck? Right, yeah. I haven't got a clue what you're talking about. <laughs> What's going on? It's like there's been a change in the Matrix and they uh, yeah. turn the word Trover to Yoppo. And I'm like... Exactly. GT gets it. GT gets it. So basically, you, you get what I'm saying. Because like uh, this week, in a in a sort of a timed update to the game, they've removed Trover from Trover Saves the Universe and replaced him with a character called Joppo. <laughs> so basically even the voice lines in the game that mention trover have been removed and swapped out to say yoppo in a oh funny sort of way these guys like unbelievable it's pure comedy genius from the team at squanch games because even if you check out their social media account yeah they've swapped out a picture of trover for, for yoppo yeah i was so i was like looking at this going like what they just totally <laughs> I, you know the worst part of it mike for a day and a half, I couldn't remember what the original character's name was. <laughs> I, 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 totally, I was like, was it, was it Frank Saves the Universe? I couldn't remember. Yeah. Oh, terrible. So the Joppo is like a yellow character. Um, and if you complete the game with him, you get a special achievement. And uh, a little tip, by the way, that some users are saying that you only need to fight the final boss with Joppo to get the achievement. So if you've already completed it with Trover oh. and you want this Joppo achievement, just go and fight the end boss with Joppo and you'll get the achievement. Uh, so what is this guy? Has he got like a special power or a special moves? Is there anything? No, just... nothing Nothing is different other than the, the color. He looks different, obviously. He's yellow instead of being purple. It's like a and skinny his name... hot dog, isn't he? Isn't... Uh, and his name's Joppo. He looks like, uh, what was it? Mr. Poopy Pants from... Yeah, exactly. Uh, that annoying boy. little brat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Squanch Games, they're just... They're just funny dudes. Like it's Justin Roiland who runs this 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 team. So you can imagine why that's so crazy and and wacky. But I've never seen anything like this before, where it's a timed thing. So this is only going to last for a week, by the way. Where they does, actually, does he actually like physically run the company as well? I didn't know that. Uh, he's just heavily involved in it. I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, but where they where they actually replace the main character of a game so... and just swap it out for a week is just so crazy. But I really like the idea. So it's um, timed. Is it? It's a timed thing. Just for a week, yeah. Right, cool. Just for a week, so you only have a week to go back and play it again while he's around. I kind of want, I kind of want the people behind Moss to swap out Moss for Baby Groot. <laughs> I, think that would, I think that would go well. Yeah, good crossover. Um, but yeah, if you if you haven't tried Trover Saves the Universe, it's a super funny platforming game. Uh, it's on PC and PSVR. I'd recommend playing it with a controller, by the way, uh, Xbox One S or a PlayStation DS4 controller for the best experience. Uh, it can be a, a crazy game, like the humor and the language, like you don't want kids around. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I, and I would say that if you like Rick and Morty, you'll love the game. But if the Rick and Morty humor is kind of lost on you and you just find it a bit crass, then you could probably skip this one and you won't miss much. Do you think Accounting Plus is a um, is, is a great entry as well to figuring yeah. that out? Because that my Mrs. Uh, Mrs. GT played that and uh, 
yeah she was just like what is going on what is yeah. going on what you know it was but it was brilliant and she loved it and it's really funny so it is it is but it's it's, it's a certain type of humor that i i know doesn't resonate with everyone yeah. i get that i get that um but certainly as a person that enjoys rick and morty like i i, I really love trover i thought it and now joppo <laughs> i thought it was great um so yeah, it was just kind of like an interesting bit of news. I thought it would kind of throw everyone off a loop. Uh, so it was really funny to see GT's face go like, what the heck is this guy talking about? Yeah, like, <laughs> do you know the end date? I, the only reason I'm asking is because yesterday I was looking at this because I caught it on social media. Uh, and then it looked like all of their pages were covered. But I just looked at the Squanch Games website and, and it's saying Trover again. So is, is it over? Okay. Uh, no, it, it started yesterday and it should last a week, apparently. Okay. Okay. Um, also, if you haven't played Trover already, I think you can go in there and choose to play as Trover uh, if you want to. That is a lot of work. Yeah. It must be a lot of work for a week. But it's very smart because it gets people to play the game again. Yeah, and yeah. talk about it. It's just so intelligent. Ah, yeah. Like, I, ne I never rescued all the power babies, you know, like the little green babies that you have to rescue yeah. in the game. Yeah. But there is a funny little... Um, sequence that happens if you do that so if you haven't if you, if you can't be bothered to go and do it i would recommend you look it up on youtube uh, it's kind of funny cool. uh, but yeah that is a uh, joppo saves the universe a timed update for trover saves the universe <laughs> a funny bit of news this week. so weird so weird yeah last bit of news is that gt and i are heading to gamescom in cologne next week it's going to be fun. Um, we've met up before in real life. We, met, we actually met for the first time at EGX Res in London. Um, and we're actually going to be meeting up at the train station in London and, and, and getting the Eurostar to uh, Cologne uh, next Tuesday, early next Tuesday morning. Early. Now, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun <laughs> trip. Um, Gamescom, if you're not familiar with it, it's, uh, it's one of the biggest gaming events of the year. Like, it, it's freaking huge. Like, it's even bigger than E3. That's how big it is. Um, but I went last year and got to try out some really really cool vr stuff like flying machines uh vr treadmills haptic vests new games like i tried wolfenstein and fisherman's tale back then before they were released um so i've got a few appointments to try out some some vr stuff this year not as many accessories i kind of noticed this year but there are some decent games on show like um the zombie shooter after the fall from oh. vertigo games i think mm -hmm. you guys tried it when you went and visited them yep. uh, yep. in stockholm correct uh, is it, was it stockholm you went no where was Rotterdam. it you Rotterdam, sorry, apologies. Um, Be Haptics are going to be there with their haptic vests. Uh, see if you know they've updated them in any way. I'll be looking forward to that. And Servios with their VR Walking Dead game as well. They're going to be showing mm. that at the show and much, much more. Um, I also heard actually from Nathy that it's weird because I don't think Oculus are going to be there this year, yeah. uh, which is a real shame because, like I said, it's, it's a freaking huge show and they haven't shown the Quest at Gamescom yet because it wasn't released this time last year um so i think it's a real uh, missed opportunity there to show the quest to thousands upon thousands of games it's again weird that it's like like i don't know why but it seems like their focus on the european market is just a lot less compared to like their presence mm. in like the american market uh, because yeah. this is like probably the, the biggest european games event yeah if you're going to do one you do gamescom Exactly. Yeah. And, and they were last year. They were there showing off Transference and, and Moss uh, on, on the Rift. So I'm surprised that they're going to skip it out this year because uh, Facebook is still going to be there. And I think Facebook Gaming is still going to be there. But just Oculus aren't going to be there. See, from, I thought they we were maybe, because of that. I thought they were we because of that. Could we maybe conclude from that that, they're, that they maybe don't have anything interesting to show? Could be. Uh, but games? like, 
Could be, but they uh, they weren't showing Stormland last year or Asgard's Wrath or any of those like real. There's plenty to show off. It's not that. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the, the, what I what I think it is, and this is from a from a comment I had from Oculus on a couple of events. What they typically do is, you know, their stage set, their screens, all of their infrastructure generally gets loaded onto a truck, a bus, that type of thing, and driven, you know, mm. across the states to an event, then they set up and all that. So, if anything, I think it's probably logistical cost that's holding them back, you know? From Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> In the end of the day, you're still got, you still got to, you know, you got to pay the, you got to pay yeah. the dividends here, so... Yeah. Like I could be wrong because, like you know, GT said, like Facebook are going to be there. Uh, they're going to have a presence there. But from what Nathy was saying, he was pretty convinced that Oculus aren't going to be showing anything. Mm. Um, I'm so, yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised. It's weird. It's it's yeah. it's tough. But if they're doing it, you know, it might be to draw focus onto their event. Yeah, because they well. are going to be at what PAX West. They're going to be you know hosting Oculus Connect next month. Exactly. So, yeah, maybe. Actually, in in the chat, Usain X says. But isn't the quest struggling with supply to handle demand from too much marketing? <laughs> that, 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 that could be a reason too, that there's because just too much demand already. That it's turn off like, the tap. Gonna, it's yeah. too successful. It's yeah, too maybe. successful. <laughs> Slow it down. Maybe. Well, because that's the opposite. Because if you have a product that's like too expansive and people want it too much, then it, you'll just end up generating negative press. Yeah. You don't have that true. problem with like digital assets and, and in today's day and age, you, you just forget about that. You're like, I just click a button and I've got it. Like that, yeah. you know, but physical, it's got to come off of a freaking manufacturing line. Yeah, yeah. interesting idea for Good sure. Morality, yeah. Um, so yeah, if you're if you're watching this, you're a VR developer or you have some VR accessories in the works, and you're headed to Gamescom next week, uh, you've got some cool stuff to show us. Feel free to DM like you know GT and I. We can uh, meet you during the event, have a little beer, or even if you're just there going, just we want to say hi, then feel free to uh, DM us. Always up for hanging out with some cool people. So uh, that is the news this week. Let's uh, pass it over to Zim for the lowdown on the releases. What in, you should, and maybe what you should be playing next week. In mm. case, in case anyone didn't catch this, I think that the most important news of the week is that Mike got a new internet line. So it means yes. that the stability of the show has gone through the roof. It's great. It's been fantastic so far. So for those enjoying the video cast, don't have Mike turning into blurry pixels anymore or anything like that. Uh, it's been really good so far, Mike. So uh, thank you for upgrading to Fiber. I know you've been chomping at the bit for that for years, and finally they offered it in your area, and so we can see yeah. Mike in full HD. Yeah, is it with Virgin, is it? No, it's with Sky, but I, I like Zim said, you know, they it, it was so weird. Like in, in my town, if you looked on the map, every single street in the town had fiber, apart from this little slither, which happened to be where I live. I lived in like the black hole of like fiber. So yeah. they finally installed a cabinet like last week, and I was like literally the first one to call them up and get connected to it. So Man. yeah, this this was the reason why. So hopefully it would increase the production of the show. So I'm glad to hear that it's working out all right. So what speeds did you have and what have you gone to? I went to like I had like twelve uh, twelve down, one up. Uh, to you now, had one up, and that's what you were uploading uh, videos no, on. No, and then I then I then I because it was such a problem. Then I invested in like a custom solution using a microwave link. Oh yeah, so yeah. I got like a microwave dish on my house and a microwave dish on a tall office building nearby who have a fiber <laughs> line, and yeah. they were beaming fiber yeah. to my house. But so then you, I, you willingly let your brain get microwaved in order exactly. to get a better connection. This is what I did for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, remember this. That's actually, crazy, dude. Um, I'm usually and then, the one. <laughs> this is, it's, it's, it's great, but we're running the show off of this for yeah, like, how long? So then I, then I had like uh, like 25 down and I was getting about 15 up. That's but the cool. problem was the, the latency and the links was causing the problems with the show. So now I'm getting like 60 down, 20 up. So now everything's smoothed out, thank God. Beautiful. Nice. Well, with that, I think we should kick off the releases. But no, I, th I wanted to mention that because it's been certainly one of my banes for like the time we've been running F Reality. So sure. uh, over to over to releases. So what have I got for you first? Um, firstly, I would say I've got literally nothing for you coming this coming week. It's all stuff from last week. <laughs> so it's all stuff that we've not talked about yet. Uh, but I thought I would cover these off because they're uh, it's a boiling hot set of um, releases and so I want you to to strap yourself there in tight while we while we fly through because these are some like real zingers uh, that I've, I've I've unfurled for you. The first one, uh, which launched on the eighth of August, so this is actually one I missed. It wasn't even last week; it was the week before. Called Pretty Safe Airlines. Anybody play this? I haven't, but I've got it, and it looked really good. I was thinking this could be fantastic. Yeah, it, yeah. And it's so great, they don't even have a trailer. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to just show you a couple of stills from this while we describe it. Okay, so first off, it's six pounds, so probably about nine dollars. Um, available on Oculus Rift. I didn't find it on the Steam store. It's by developer Yummy Human, which is a brilliant name, by the way. Um, so if you've ever been on a plane and thinking, hey, wouldn't it be great if I could prove my merit as a puzzle-solving guru, um, and while well, it's passengers hanging the balance with their lives on the line, this game is for you. So it's basically a co-op puzzle game akin to something like Keep Talking and No One Explodes, except for both players are in VR. Um, so I, I found this to be a really interesting thing. So essentially, you're, you're forced to, to kind of collaborate with your co-pilot in order to solve a series of puzzles to prevent the plane from going down. Um, given this this situation is shown in so many like Hollywood things and you know straight to video films, I just haven't seen this done in a game before, and I thought it was quite interesting. And tell you, for six quid, looks pretty darn good. So um, pretty safe airlines. Now in there in the video I did see for this, which I think was user created, um, it showed a wiki. So I don't know how complex their puzzles are. Um, usually when I see a wiki flash, it means this game has some. Uh, complexity to it, and for anyone who's ever dealt with a proper flight simulator, you'll know that flying a uh, flying a plane is not as simple as you know pulling out your hotas and elite dangerous. So that one is there. What would you would you guys be up for like playing this? Someone want to co-op this with me? Yeah, sure. Like I, oh, I yeah. actually saw this and I thought it was really interesting as well until I saw the reviews. I think the reviews on Oculus were a, were a bit savage, um, so that's kind of put me off. But I do like the concept of it, and it kind of reminded me of an upcoming uh, space game called Failsafe. We talked about oh, it yeah. on oh, uh, the yeah. show a yeah. while ago. It's still in the works at the moment, but it's a very similar concept in that a team of a team of people, a bit like FTL, yeah. are working to uh, to sort of put a ship uh, back together. I just I just think that um, collaborating in VR, you know is is one of the best kind of social experiences you can have and i think a lot of people i know we're going to come onto the main topic are doing that in a certain title this week oh um, yes <clears throat> one punch panther uh, anyway <laughs> <laughs> you're absolutely right though dude like when you make a friend or meet people in vr it's more it is definitely special and it feels like a real event like mm. i've been to a rave in rec room yeah. it felt fantastic do you know what i'm saying it yeah, so you don't forget it, you know. Uh, a rave in rec room—that's awesome. I want to see what yeah, that one looked like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was good. I, I do. I do think that it is indeed like very special because, uh, like, as I as I said at the beginning of the show, like you know, I 
Last week, I went to uh, a very good friend of mine's uh, wedding, and I met him in virtual reality. You know, that, that's where I where mm. I know the guy from. And mm. I, I mostly see him in VR. So that it is crazy that those kind of like interactions can happen through a medium like virtual reality. How did it feel? Like, like so I, I've done the same thing. I used to play a lot of Halo, Halo Two, and stuff. And me and a guy met up. Um, and it is a surreal experience still, but was it as surreal? I mean, have you done that before? Met someone, been friends with someone in flat and then met them and then met, been friends with them in VR and then met them. I'm wondering whether you have more of a, I don't connection. know, more of a connection. Yeah, yeah. in VR. Because of yeah. the body movements and everything that you've got. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. really interesting. Mm. And also because you often have a fairly good idea of the height of the yeah. person. I think that does a lot as well. Mm. Uh, if he's taller or smaller or... And mannerisms potentially if you've been yeah. like, you know, met in like a, a social space yeah it seems definitely. awesome yeah well i've met a few that way as well definitely there's a few people who came to the barbecue who uh who had only met through vr so interesting I, I didn't actually think about it before but yeah it was a little bit less weird than because i've done that before i used to run a gaming community and um meeting people for the first time out of that like you have no idea you know mm -hmm. a lot of them you'd have you'd have had a little thumbnail of someone's face and that's all you'd seen of them um, yeah and also do you ever find I, mean, I, I work on a railway and i remember meeting these guys i've been speaking to for years we never met face to face and he said to me, he went, you actually look how you sound. And I thought that was a really <laughs> weird thing to say. I was like, okay, no worries. I mean, does is that, that... Is that positive or negative, though? <laughs> I don't know. I was like, cheers. <laughs> That's good. That's nice. Uh, now on to... Um, there's another game that, that launched, and uh, we mentioned this in passing last week, but I thought I would show you the uh, trailer and we touch on it uh, this week as well. So O-Shape, which is uh, kind of a rhythm beat game, uh, similar to kind of a Beat Saber, will get your blood pumping. Uh, definitely, I would rate it for its uh, ability to exercise, and I wanted to show this silly, stupid trailer that they put together with, uh, uh, with a couple of dancers uh, in what looked like Gear VRs. Um, but anyway, this game, it's 12 quid. I think that's maybe a bit high, and that's what the comments are saying for like, I think it's four tracks or something like that, that they're, they're currently launching with. Um, but the core game is really good. Your, your, your job is to dodge obstacles, walls that are coming at you. Um, and the essentially what you do is you make different body shapes with your arms. Uh, and you've got to move your legs too as to where you're planted uh, to pass through those, uh, through those blocks. So great music selection. It's a very short um, set of, of music tracks on there. As I said, I think it's four tracks and three different difficulties each. So kind of 12 runs is what you're getting for 12 quid. So, you know, pound each. I think that's, I guess that's fair, you know, in my in, in my eyes, if they extend the content later, you know. Um, Did you find it very physical? Like, is, is, it, yeah. de uh, is it demanding? Yeah, it's, it's proper demanding. I was mm. punching green screens and almost falling over, and it, it was... Um, <laughs> Like it's one of the more exercise intense. It's I would I would even say that aside from the muscular intensity of like box VR, it's probably one where I was uh, physically moving around my space fast more than any other title I've played. So cool. I think it's a really cool one if you're into exercise titles. But is wearing a, a, a chroma green onesie essential for playing this game? No, <laughs> I'm not even going to tell you what my. Wife has cooked up for me to do uh, as a next one, but anyway, there's, there's more things I've got to wear. Anyway, yeah, we'll get into that another day. Um, okay, the next one. So uh, GT mentioned music, and this one is a free music experience that you can play either on uh, Steam uh, with an Index or a Vive, or on uh, also on, uh, on on Rift or Rift S. So this is called though the artist's name is called Sheaf. Um, and, and I found this really interesting because their tagline um, was 
no gameplay involved. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy the music while you drive through a retro, low-poly world. Oh, yeah. And actually, a lot of people who were, and I wish I had a video for this, um, a lot of people were saying that, like, it's great, it's just really short. Because again, I think the total track length is eight minutes. So you've got eight minutes of retro wave, three different tracks. Um, and this is like their, the, basically the debut EP of Together, uh, which is uh, which is coming from this synthwave producer. Which um, so is it free? Sorry, I didn't. Hear it's it free. free. It is free. And you so can it's physically a, drive the car. No, you're stuff. just sitting there, and it's just the scenery is oh, going by you. Okay. So actually, um, you know, if you're into if you're into kind of just a, for a chill out, I think it, it works pretty well. I, I, I particularly liked, and I sometimes highlight user comments, and I particularly liked what Leonidas One said. You know that badass guy from 300? Um, he said, were there more substance to this, I would gladly pay money to simply relax in VR without something yoga related. Because I think there's enough yoga related relaxation <laughs> apps, you know? <laughs> Nature and yeah, yoga yeah. apps. There's like 10 of them. But this is the first one which is like sit back, relax, and just enjoy the visuals. I was yeah. trying to think of one. Um, there was one on PSVR, wasn't there? By the Chainsmokers called yeah. Paris. Yeah. Is that, yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah, that scared the crap out of my missus because uh, <laughs> you end up flying above the sea and yeah, it's freaked out. So. And Surge is another great one from the earlier days. I think you can still get Surge on. Uh, it's kind of short, but there's like these large giants that like build up and form around you while this real thumpy beat is going. And um, cool. those music experiences are good. And as you said, like with the rave in Rec Room, it stays with you, like when you've when you've done that. It's like a it's like a it's like a volumetric memory, I would say. Yeah, dancing yeah. with your friends, dude. Do you know what I mean? Like doing the robot in rec room is like. <laughs> haven't, done, awesome. haven't done that yet. I'll have to take that on your <laughs> word. Uh, the last one that I've got lined up for this week. Um, now this one is this is going to be a blockbuster. I mean, this is the one that is uh, we've all been waiting for all summer. This is like a surprise hit, okay. Samsung VR videos. Okay, <laughs> this is everyone's gonna want this. Everyone's gonna. This is only on Quest, so I'm, I'm afraid this is only for Questers. It is free, but it's got in-app purchases. Oh my God, I said that. And um, <laughs> my favorite part: parental guidance recommended. Yep, that's got a parental mm -hmm. guidance label. I don't know why. It's 360 videos, lads. Um, it's basically what? it. It doesn't add I, I anything. I don't know why would a 360 video would need parental guidance. Though. I, I, have, I guess. And you know it too, then. I guess. You know it I have no well. idea. Why would a 360 video need parental guidance? But um, right. the, the oddest thing about this to me was how they market the game, or how they market the title. Um, obviously, this is this has just come out. It landed on the 16th. So um, you can play your own 360 videos if you want on here. You can stream to it and that kind of stuff. They said, you know, from your own media server, and they quoted a PS3. They didn't even mention a PS4. So I don't know who wrote their bit, but I thought that was a bit odd. Anyway, this thing, <laughs> the, the, I, I, I'm going to highlight another wonderful quote from Arclaw1, who is clearly a veteran gamer, and says, Featuring a beautiful grassy field with snowy mountains in front of you and a sunset to the rear, for a free app, I'd say it's worth it just to have a change in scenery, except it's not 100% free. Uh, the second tab on the menu is labeled premium, where they try to get you to spend money on more videos. So that is Samsung VR videos that has just landed on Quest. I don't know why it's there, uh, what value it has, and that's certainly mm. one that I will say stay away from. So, so there is one one experience that I would say is probably worth downloading the app for. All right. Probably like the best 360 video I've ever seen. And wait, it's wait, Mike. Um, 
keep in mind this is a child-friendly show yeah it's not it's not that kind of show yeah. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. does the guy wear glasses in it uh no oh, okay. it's uh it's actually the lego batman 360 oh. Oh. experience and uh you get to sit in the batmobile lego batmobile with lego batman going on an epic adventure and it's actually kind of intense because you end up flying up off buildings and the batmobile turns into a batwing and but it is it's such a cool experience and it's i think i remember watching it on the samsung app on go huh. so I, I think it will be, It'll be available free, as well the, for free yeah because the one that i was thinking was the elton john experience if the elton john experience oh, yeah. is on there that's great and i think that's available on google's vr um viewer so you know yeah. there you go you got two 360 videos what you definitely came here for in the releases segment this week next week there's a bunch of cool stuff dropping which is great because we get to go back to talking about regular things uh, but I I, every every so often i like to take the mick out of things that uh, really probably don't deserve airtime um the last thing i'll mention which gt touched on a bit earlier is that there has been a content release for firewall uh, which is called dark web and it's got a bunch of new bits in it and um haven't played that yesterday it is solid the new map is great um mm. heck you can hang a pizza off your gun if you really feel up for it there's new trinkets <laughs> I don't personally use a trinket, but uh, the some of the new um, changes to the game, uh, including like an instant smoke, uh, so you can actually on impact blow off a smoke grenade. Um, the motion detector that you mentioned, GT. Um, these are actually changing some of the dynamics of the game, so it feels quite fresh again in terms of the gameplay. What you need to look out for, what you don't. Uh, so if you are one of us um, with the aim controller, then uh, hop on back in. And I would say. It was, it was thankfully stable. Last couple of weeks, we had a little bit of issues in, in terms of network, uh, networking and getting players into a match, but um, lately it's been pretty damn good. So. Dude, you got to attach the tea bag. <laughs> yeah, you I was tempted. You got, yeah. so the, the only criticism I had with Firewall was the, the, the waiting times. I take it that's still the same as it's in? No, um, uh, no, it, it like came way down. So after the last content release, I'm trying to remember the name of it now. GT might know. Do you know what the last no, one? This was Dark I Web. What was the last one? Uh, Nightwall. Night. Nightfall. Nightfall. <laughs> Nightfall. Yeah, that's that. it. So yeah. Nightfall. When that dropped for about three weeks, it was, impo it was almost impossible to complete. Like you were queuing for matches, and then you got yeah. a match and it would, it would break. It was horrible. Um, after that, for the last three four months, it's been really solid. And about a week ago, it had some tremors again, but it's been solid again. So matches for me take a couple of minutes to get together, and normally you're straight in. The only thing that game really needs, it need well, it, apart from dedicated servers, which obviously I don't know if they're going to do that, but is rounds. That would be awesome because you do. A lot of people used to call it a lobby simulator, taking the mick yeah. out of it. Because if you know, if you don't get into a game, you boot it out, and then where are you? Back in the lobby, and then and you know, it's things like that. But um, yeah, as Zim was saying, it's it's been a brilliant update, and uh, yeah, definitely, definitely check it out. Yeah, if you're if you're into shooters, that's one definitely not to miss. So this is where we all have to say thank you to Uncle Frank. Absolutely. Thank you, Uncle Frank. <laughs> and that's it for, for us for uh, releases this week, Mike. Cool. So let's get into the juicy topic this week, and that is our thoughts on the big one, No Man's Sky. Also, let us know your thoughts in the chat, by the way. We'd love to know what you guys think if you've been playing it this week on PC or PSVR. So I'm just going to do a quick roundtable question before we get into it. Cool. So there was obviously so much hype. Uh, about this update, you know, this VR update dropping in the Beyond update. So I'll just go around all of you and just ask the simple question, like, did this game live up to the hype for you? So maybe I'll start with GT first. Oh, he's going to do that. Um, did it, so bear in mind, I... All, right, so 
I wanted No Man's Sky. I was part of the hype train mm-hmm. before the release and obviously found out that it wasn't what it said it was going to be back in the day. And I, I stepped off. I was like, no, I'm going to leave it. I'm going to wait, see if it updates. Went on the back burner, completely forgot about it. And then I heard about the VR update and I saw the game was eight pounds um, in CEX. So I was like, dude, no brainer. Might as well pick it up. And um, I played, I went up stupidly. I live streamed my first hour of No Man's Sky. I didn't pre-check it. I And when you start the game, I think you're dying you're in the middle of nowhere. You yep. don't know what's going on. And the chat was going, do this, do this. Oh, you only need to do that. They were telling me all this stuff. And it was overwhelming, to be honest. And I was like, dude, I'm, I'm just going to not bother now. And then, um, yeah, luckily, you know, like usually the chat can be um, quite tough when you're trying to live stream a game. But in this particular game, it's like having a help guide <laughs> while I'm playing it. Yep. Because, you know, a, 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 you know because I can hear the chat in my headsets. They're helping me all the time. And um, I've only played the PlayStation version, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, apart from the blur and people going on about crashes, they've updated this game so many times already because uh, it's the hot topic. Um, I love it. Yeah, I really love it. And I can't um, actually put the... I don't think I'll be able to put the time into it because of what I do. Yeah, of course. But if I didn't do this, you'd, pff, I'd be in there for days. I think yeah. I'd be in there for days. But it's so funny that you mentioned like live streaming your first hours without knowing anything about it because that's exactly what I did. <laughs> but you you have seven hundred people watching you. <laughs> well, this is the thing, but that's even worse when you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, because like the problem was, so I was like, I just want to go in blind. I don't want to watch any let's plays. I don't want to see any guides. I'm just going to go in blind, go straight into it, and see what happens. And like you say, you're dropped on a planet on your own completely isolated and you're dying straight yeah. away <laughs> and, and, and the game's telling you you're dying and you need to find this this and this and this and you need to do this 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 and this and the menu system and 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 everything if you're not new to that kind of game like subnautica or you know yeah. resource management minecraft. like minecraft yep. you are kind of screwed so yeah thankfully zim <laughs> joined uh, uh, you know fairly early on and the chat like you said were clearly all pros they'd all played the game before yeah, yeah. bless them and, and thank you for your patience because it must have been it's like it's like watching a game show do you know when you know the answer and they don't know the answer and you're like just yeah. so you're screaming at the screen it must have been like that for them so i apologize <laughs> for those that were watching the live stream but i thank you as well for all your support but eventually me and zim talking it out reading the chat suggestions I did kind of get into the gameplay loop of, okay, I need to fetch this, I need to find this, I need to build this, I need to combine this and then fix this. And then I think once you've repaired your ship and you've got off the first planet, mm. I think that's the, the the biggest hurdle completed. Like the, the, the learning curve up to that point is like vertical. <laughs> By the way, I think apparently that's now been made simpler. Right. Than originally, like when the game first came out, apparently it was like solace project hard sort of right. thing to right. get anywhere. So yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot so of people kind of don't. Interesting. A lot of people don't know about the solace project actually. So solace project is like Subnautica on land, where yeah. you, instead of you know right. reapers and reaper leviathans and stuff, you're you're dealing with tornadoes. But survival, it's a it's a solid it's a solid game. And actually, yeah. to be good, honest, yeah. comparing to No Man's Sky. And not to get too far away from Mike's big question, because I know he's trying to go around the table here, but it it really did feel like the Solus Project had had a baby with, yeah, Subnautica and Minecraft or something like that. Like, 
those yeah. three got together um, because it, it, it really does have the distinct kind of survival elements. But I'll tell you what it does really well, better than the other titles, any of those, um, is the tutorial. The beginning tutorial of like what, forcing you to go through those steps was, uh, was, was I think, really smart and well-crafted. It didn't feel arduous. It teaches you all what you need to know, which is a pretty complicated system. And then once you've got that, and you've got that down, it's easy to start a game on a different difficulty and progress and get off the planet, as Mike said. But like you, it's kind of like juggling and getting to that third beanbag, um, which is always like the, the difficult part when you're learning. And then mm. once you've got that, you've kind of got your wings, you know? Solace Project definitely gave me that alone feeling as well. Oh, I felt mm. isolated playing that game, and that's a yeah. quite an amazing feeling to be. They in do wind in that game really well, like yeah, this, this, this storm. Yeah, the stormy feel of like I'm Dorothy, and you know, here comes the storm. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, so would you would you say it lived up to the hype then, Zim, for you? Oh, for me. So GT was definitely yes, right? You, you said yes. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm gonna say like straight out the gates. I initially felt. Uh, disappointed at the performance, but even through the caked mud in front of my face, I could see that there was a gem behind it. Um, no Man's Sky is, in terms of its architecture, amazing what they've accomplished because of the ability to uh, smoothly you know, start on a world and then transition off of that world to another world um, and then just go between places. But the thing that I really like is the planet's are something as well. It's not like an elite where it's like, I feel like I'm looking at a, a fancy display in a, in a window of a shop where it's like, there's no depth to it. You know, if you scratch the surface, you just find it a texture and that's it. You can literally dig into the planet, find caves, find old alien relics. Like this thing has so much span. It's, it's like baffling me a little bit. And I got to try it on um, Rift S initially. I had some performance problems there. I tried streaming it to Quest, which helped it quite a bit. And then I tried the PSVR version. And like a GT tried to warn me in advance and I kind of batted him away because I'd been watching Voodoo DE and his, his stream on PlayStation. I was like, ah, it looks fine. But when you're in the headset, it's probably the first game that looks worse for the player in VR than it does for the viewer of the stream. Because yeah. normally I'm battling with this concept of like, I'm showing someone Resident Evil, right? And I'm like, what I see is way better than what you're seeing. And that's t a tough thing to, to sell to them. And this is like the opposite. It's like, it looks pretty okay, you yeah. know, on screen. But in the headset, it's like, someone said to me, it's like a 480p, you know, <laughs> a 480p game stretched across the display. That said, the game is still smooth and solid and all the gameplay is there. So if you don't care about graphics so much, it's going to blow your socks off. You know, well, what you can much, do in that how game. How much do you think it would cost? What sort of PC would it cost to run that game in comparison to buying a PS4, which I've seen on eBay for 70 pounds to play yeah, that. You know. You're talking like a thousand pound PC. It's huge crazy. difference. No, it's huge. But the thing is the optimizations, even that they're dropping now from what I've heard and this strange, like bu uh, launch bug related disparity between, you know, some PC players on like a 1060, totally fine. Some on a 2080 Ti, totally rubbish. You know, I'm like yeah. hearing complaints from different parts of the spectrum, uh, which which means that it's it's just optimization and specific hardware setups that uh, need to be yeah. kind of ironed out. And so far, what I've heard, that's all changing. Now, obviously, the Steam page is still showing mixed reviews, um, which I think has been the case for a couple of years. But as a, as a release, you know what we said last week? I, I thought the servers would fall over. And that's yeah. the part that freaking floored me. So yeah, it, did it leave up to my expectations? Yes. And I think it's going to become the new standard for multiplayer, like Hangout. 
Yeah. Similar to Firewall. Uh, Similar to Firewall. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just to quickly touch on performance, you know, like I, I'm running a 2080 Ti, 32 gigabytes of RAM, an i7 6700K, and and on the first day, admittedly, there's been updates since then which have improved performance. But on the first day, even on the lowest graphical settings, I was only just about to get a steady 90 frames per second on the Valve Index. Um, and, and streaming on top of that as well was kind of causing some problems. Um, but in terms of crashing, I only had the game crash once. And funnily enough, that was actually last night when I was playing the game on, I think I was playing on the Rift S, uh, but it crashed. But I haven't had any other crashes other than that. Did, did you fall through the world at all? Because I fell through the world twice. And I had a no. friend at, at like outside of market, one of those like alien market shops where you can sell weapons. He just was walking towards it. He just fell right through the world. It was so funny. <laughs> I can to imagine watch. that's been quite that's quite jarring in VR. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. So so GT says it lives up to the hype. You yep. say it lives up yes. to the hype. Yes. I say it lives up to the hype. What about you, Rowdy? He's gonna say no. Well, so clearly, as everyone knows of the chat who's watching, I am the only intelligent individual that is present <laughs> on this podcast. So what I did before I played it. Throughout the week before I actually left to Portugal, uh, I played No Man's Sky already for a couple of hours. So I kind of like got to grasp of like, you know, what is it that I need to do? How does it work? How does it properly? And I also specifically did not want to play it for the first couple of days that it was released because I knew if anyone knows No Man's Sky in the beginning, yeah. there's going to be problems. This is a procedure, a, a game that is procedurally generated. With that just comes a heaps of problems because you have no control of what it So I only played it mm. after the latest hotfix that they did in the last week, um, which was yesterday evening, and it worked brilliantly. I had, I mean, don't forget, I'm running at an i7 processor, a 980 Ti, and only 16 gigabytes of RAM on my gaming PC. Now I do offload my uh, my streaming to another PC, so the streaming has no effect. Um, but I had no issues in, in terms of performance. I mean, I'm not going to say that my that my frame rate was like a solid 90 frames per second constantly, yeah. especially not on the busier areas. Uh, I had some frame drops, uh, but not more than I would have in another virtual reality game that is uh, fairly heavy on your on your on your gaming. Uh, an issue that I did encounter was that I had to reload the game because I was playing it together with uh, with Simply Chris. So when we went into the same world together i had to like reload we both had to reload the game in order for us to see each other uh even though we could talk with each other i also had a an issue with um a floating kind of uh, space station that was like i had to like jetpack in there don't know if that was intended it looked kind of weird because it was like floating in the air um but those are things that can be expected from a game that is procedurally generated yeah, in terms of exactly. um in terms of like performance i had almost no issues. Uh, it worked brilliantly, had no crashes, uh, except for like, the reloading I had to do in order to see each other. Uh, mm. The in-game voice chat is ridiculously good. Yeah, like, it's amazing. It's mind like at, at a certain point, I was I, I, I didn't realize I had Discord turned off, uh, but we, we were using the in-game voice chat and it was, it was just the same kind of quality, just yeah. exactly the same. So that is also and, a major plus. And the loading time, right? I don't know if you noticed this, but like when you join someone else's world, you're in there like immediately Instantly. like yeah, I, they must yeah. preload you or something because like straight away you're recognized by the person like when i joined mike i was taken aback and i was like how does he know i'm, I'm in already and then you're got that star field coming at you mm -hmm. i um i also found like the the graphical fidelity i played it in the oculus rift s it was like the first time i jumped in it was gorgeous because i mean chris yeah. had this like special earth-like planet that would look all like very nicely that he had generated specifically for vr um and it, it, it was just absolutely gorgeous. I, I was mind blown from like the, the first second I dove in there. And then comes like the most important thing for me, like was it immersive? 
And I think they far blew my expectations from it, how, how it was done. Like the, the hand interactions that you had in there were, I, I, I didn't expect it to be as good. Like, because mm. this is still a port from a 2D game. And this is the first VR game, the first 2D game that I've played that has been ported to virtuality, say for Minecraft, that has done it to this kind of extent. From like the, the, the taking the yeah. gun out of your yeah. backpack, the opening of the cockpit in order to get out, uh, all those kind of like small little details that really push the immersiveness to like the yeah. next level, they've they've taken that into account, and I, I I applaud them for doing something like that because yeah. that that's an amazing task to do. Yeah. So uh, did it did it uh, did it meet my expectations? It far blew them. Far yeah. blew them. I think you made a really good point there in terms of like uh, a traditional game that's then been ported to VR. I think it's the best game that we've ever seen that's done that so well like you know when you compare it to skyrim or fallout you think this is this is in another league because like you say they've really gone to town with like implementing vr mechanics yeah. that were never there of course with a traditional game and they promised us no game comp- in the first place yeah yeah they actually promised us no compromises when they said it and yeah. i was like yeah but yeah they, right they, i was like yeah right yeah, i don't believe exactly that. that was my that was my uh thought as well yeah no compromise like you know you guys have never developed a vr game you know you don't know what we kind of what we expect from a vr game yeah. so when they said no compromise, but they, they fully delivered on a promise. Who did they fully work yeah. with is what I'm wondering, because it they, they seem to have taken on board a lot of lessons that have been learned. So either they've been listening those years um, to other development teams. But like you said, Rowdy, I was really impressed with their ability to VRify the control scheme. Yeah, and they clearly listen to this podcast. Not only because that. I mentioned specifically <laughs> the cockpit. I don't want to be just like, I'd be in, I'd be out. And of course, you're like, you get in, you get out, but you need to do a physical action to do it. And that's perfect. They yeah. must have had someone to say it. I'm like, yeah, you need to do that because that increases immersiveness. That's what I'm saying. It. it feels yeah. like they had a Brilliant. consultants uh, who helped them with the VR yeah. aspect because they got so much right. And the thing that really surprised me again, going across the different uh, equipments, um, like PSVR version is really solid. They've got the the Skyrim movement, so you can do smooth motion forward and turning and jumping into ship. There's almost, it's almost just immediate parity to PC. The only difference is the visual downgrade, which is a stark downgrade, but the beautiful part about it and the reason that I, I choose to go to PlayStation for certain titles is performance. Like if what yeah. I prefer, and I was getting like pretty poor performance to the point of, you know, four to 20 frames a second. And so just, just inconsistent performance even was a bad thing for me on PC on day one. And being able to go to PlayStation and just be like, "Fuck, this is just running butter silk smooth." I'll take the blur, you know. I had more fun. There was there was one more thing that I hadn't mentioned yet, and what I was kind of expecting to be in in the full game as well. That was like probably like my latest point was the the full uh, inverse kinematics. Uh, if you play with a different player in virtual reality, the, the hand movements they are there, but the direction that the player oh. is facing is yeah. fixed. So you need Correct. to use the smooth turning in, in order to like you know get like the, the the right position from the from the player. So if the player turns around, the other player turns around, you don't see that turn. You do see the hands going like yeah. that, but you don't see the. You and mean I, like I, I am expecting that to be fixed a little in a future. Do you update. mean like because they seem to have like an over reliance on 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 your uh, direction facing the menus, for instance, mm-hmm. at the moment? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also the cockpits or like uh, um, I, I'm guessing that is the reason that they've done it like that, but. I will still. I'm still hoping that you know, 
that is like, or, or at least like a button that you can immediately center it. Since now you need to go into the menu, I believe, and yeah. then center the view so that it's back towards where you are uh, looking. But if they could implement a button or even better, just full uh, inverse kinematics. Don't that, that's PSVR, don't you, you can find do that. Yeah. Don't you find that from the Quest? I keep wanting to just hold the home button and it knows where I am whenever I play something. Yeah. But yeah, I'm yeah. really glad you brought out the move controllers, dude. It smashes it. I've seen on Reddit a lot of people on PSVR are struggling to get the VR mode started. So you need to make sure your headset is turned on um, before you start the game so it recognizes it's connected and then it goes oh. into VR mode. And also you can have your DualShock connected. I haven't tried this at the same time to fly the ship. <gasps> oh, uh, that's interesting. So yeah, that's I thought a really I'd, nice tip. Yeah, that's yeah. what someone told me. So. I, I, I'm sorry, go ahead, Mike. I was going to say because uh, someone mentioned Quest, and and you've been playing this on the Quest, and I obviously, have. like you know, like we know from the Quest community, they want to play everything on Quest. Bless their little hearts. Um, of course, you know it's not going to be natively supported on Quest. I think ever, uh, but you can stream that. it. I don't think that. Look at Red Matter. Red Matter did it. You take your uh, PSVR version and, and bring it over. Do you think um, because of the procedural side? Procedurally generated worlds needs a lot of horsepower. I think that's the problem why we're getting so much performance issues on on, on PC. <laughs> But I don't know, like, I don't think so, but you can play this right now on Quest if you stream it from your PC, right? And you've got experience doing that. So I think it'd be interesting to know what that was like. Yeah, um, I think the the thing I learned, which uh, thankfully, No Man's Sky, thank you, you helped me with my stream uh, because I was having an issue that I didn't know about before. I would have an issue where my the, the, the game capture from Quest to people watching, uh, was running a little bit latent at times, and I didn't know what was happening. It was because of an auto dropout from from 5 gigahertz to 2.4 gigahertz in terms of the streaming bandwidth, and it was causing basically backup and, and delay. So what I've done, uh, thanks to MNS for giving me the uh, giving me the idea, disabling the 2.4 gigahertz spectrum on my Wi-Fi router um, has has helped me force that aside. But when that's enabled, um, the game is just like like when I played Vertigo 2. You're into a stellar panel. Um, the Steam, you know, the pass-through here that you need is you need a side-quested version of virtual desktop, the kind of mobile version, to get this thing working, or ALVR or RiftCat, those types of things. And it was um, it was really not a huge amount of difference from my Rift S, except for the fact that I was free. And I, I even I, I went from my room downstairs, other side of the house. I just played there. I played with an old friend named Rubik and two of his friends, and the only thing that wasn't working, probably because I was away from my mic and it was tethered, uh, the mic pass-through in, in my configuration wasn't working, but I think you can get it working through virtual desktop, no problem. Uh, whether or not that'll happily feed the game or not, I don't know at this time, I've not tested it. But I was totally happy with it, and and being able to sit in the middle of like my living room floor and just move my hands around, move my, I even just sat down at times and kind of recentered. everything was working perfectly. So is Quest streaming possible in No Man's Sky, and is it comfortable? It is at the moment. You still need a PC with the horsepower and, yeah. you know, with the, the more recent patches. But the thing I wanted to talk about the patches was, holy cow, um, you know, Mr. Murray and team, the amount of dedication that they put in on social media, on keeping us included in their hype, and keeping them informed, and pushing updates to multiple platforms, consoles yeah. and PC, with yeah. this kind of fervor that just, it felt like these guys are, I mean, obviously they're dedicated. You don't get to this part of a VR project without being, but hats off to them. 
Yeah, listen they, to the community. They've had a lot of practice in that field, huh? Since the original launch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have. They got beaten into it. For sure, for sure. So obviously, Nathie's not here today, but uh, I took some of the summary from his video because he had some interesting points to make about the game as well. But he played it very early as well, huh? He did, he did, um, but he did sort of um, mention about motion sickness, uh, and he actually suffered some motion sickness playing this game himself, even a VR veteran. Newbie. So it's just it's just kind of a warning out there that if you're new to VR, that this can be quite intense. You know, particularly if you're using smooth locomotion on planets, or yeah. you know, the flying can be quite intense as well if you're not used to the cockpit sort of games. So that's just some uh, something to worth you know knowing uh but also like he mentioned that the menu systems can be quite complicated and overwhelming which obviously i touched on earlier <laughs> uh, because there are multiple menus for different things yep. some are activated through pressing the menu on the back of your hand some are into um, pushing a button so it can be a bit mm. awkward but once you get into the rhythm it is it's fine but like i said it's got a steep learning curve but once you've got it then you, you really start to enjoy the game i think there's two tips here that people need to know first off to quick recharge your, uh, I want to say your HEV, your uh, your environmental suit and protections. On the left hand, there's a quick launch menu, and you can very very easily recharge. You can recharge all the bits. You can recharge your tools and stuff like that. You don't have to pop up the main menu. That's like mm -hmm. a really helpful thing to know. And also, yeah. what I find amazing again, like the the immersiveness of it, is the analysis visor that is on the left side oh, of yeah. your helmet. You just need yeah. to tap it. That, like th that is definitely someone who's had a lot of VR experience who said yeah. you need to do something for this because a 2D dev says, oh, we just we just implement the button and uh, there we go. But yeah. to actually physically do it, that's so much better. So He's much absolutely better. right because so many games, especially on PlayStation, because of the move controllers like a joysticks, suffer a lot at launch because they can be nigh on unplayable. When I've spoke to developers where they're making something in-house and then someone else from the outside plays it, I'm thinking this doesn't make any sense, but to them it makes perfect sense as NM uh, No Man's Sky is making sense to everyone. So, yeah, yeah. yeah it's cool. Yeah. I, I just, I, the thing I have to say, big tip here, don't wait for the sales to stop. Buy the game now. Okay, we're, we're like in this household. I'm like, do we buy three copies? Do we? How many copies do we need? Because the, the game, as I said, I, I'd equate it to kind of like Minecraft. Very, very easy to get in playing with other people. And, and like what I learned from Firewall in VR, that can become a hangout spot. So even if you're just gonna go in just to, just to chill and talk with somebody after work or whatever, hang with your family, like that's the power this kind of game brings. I am... Mm absolutely smitten with what they did with the VR multiplayer integration. It, and I love the fact that they don't show you a trailer at the beginning, it's just boom, you're right onto a menu, pick your option, play the game, join a game, and then and you're in. It should be. It's fast, fast, it's, fast. It should, it should be intuitive. So if, good. If virtuality is not intuitive, then you're not doing it right. Yeah, I, I totally agree with Zim. You know, the best advice I could give you as well as a new player is, is play with someone else or find someone fun to play with because it takes the experience to another level. And there's something really magical about exploring a world and, and working out a problem together. You know, we were, we both yeah. started out together. We knew that we had to repair a ship. We didn't know where our, what was it, Semitic seal was. And we were like, hermetic. Hermetic, hermetic seal. And then when we did eventually take off together, we, we took off at the same time. That's amazing. We blasted off into space together. It was just <laughs> yeah. amazing. He says this, this, but that's actually all lies. He took off before me, did a lap, came back to get me. 
I, I didn't, didn't loop the loop by but, accident. But, but, I wasn't but the, you take off, like, is there a way to take off, like, slowly? Because I find, that, like, yeah, once you've engaged it, it just goes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you you're need to dial it back a bit, for right. sure, for sure. Oh. But that was um, so cool, like, being in, I was stuck in a canyon, like, you were off in a cave somewhere, and, like, trying to connect, it was just, like, it felt like a real exploration. And then really you punched nice. me in the throat when I died. I'm sorry about that. I just want to say, man, I saw the bit when, because um, I had the same thing, people in chat telling me, I was trying to build a house to protect myself because of the incoming storms. And yeah. I saw the same thing happen to you, Mike, where everyone was going, just dig a hole. Don't worry oh, yeah. about building a house, just dig underground, dude. That was so funny, man. Yeah, exactly. It's, and it's stuff like that you don't even consider when you play it for the first time. No. Um, but I thought I could sort of round up the show a little bit by maybe giving, uh, you know, some of the highlights that you've experienced in the game so far. And again, feel free to join in in the chat. Um, and maybe I'll kick this one off because, you know, some of the some of the moments for me that really made me go like, wow, this is incredible. Uh, like I mentioned, you know, like taking off, getting in your ship and taking off that planet and breaching the atmosphere of that planet and then getting into space for the first time yeah. is like an unforgettable experience. Like, that is the beauty of being procedural because there's no loading screens necessary because no. everything is procedurally generated on the spot. You know, yeah. it, it requires the process for doing that. And yeah. I think that is just like, even in 2D, that is a, and because throughout the entire game, you don't have those kind of like, loading scenes is just a fluid experience because everything is up until even the music that is playing is also procedurally yeah, yeah it's great great music oh. in that game yeah. really but that really... heat shield when you're going in or out of an atmosphere that heat shield is like such a cool effect they do the vibration and everything yeah oh yeah. man it's have you all gone to a different system yet have you all got the hyperdrive and gone no not yet no, yeah, so like okay. I, I, I'm about to do that. So, yeah. so basically, without giving any spoilers away, yeah, this was my second like wow moment. Like I was I was flying around to this mission objective, and then you see this huge like star destroyer type ship that's crashed, and it's like on the planet, and you're like, holy crap! Like this is just so freaking cool. And I flew and landed into the middle of it and looked around, and I felt like Ray from you know Star Wars: A Force Awakens. You know when she's like scavenging in that yeah, like yeah, star destroyer yeah. that's like broken on the on the ground like it felt like that it was just so badass so you can really kind of live out your sci-fi fantasies playing this game I, and again you guys know i like punishment uh, so you know i was playing it on permadeath and i was on this planet i didn't realize like up until this point i didn't realize that there were aggressive creatures and i turn around and t-rex <laughs> is trying to swallow me whole and i'm like ah! <laughs> I freaked out so there was that and that was on a planet that seemed quite uh, quite friendly. I mean, I landed and there were literally donut-shaped flowers. There were donut-shaped flowers on the ground. That's but incredible. that was like one of the that was one of the things for me that like I love the terrain. But but stumbling across like alien technology or digging up stuff yeah. um, and and dropping into a cave that that, that has it actually has things you've got to scan. It's got creatures. Like I know some of that is going to be like procedural gumph after a while where you're like okay it's a florbus nilalis and there's 20 of those that look the same but some of them have tentacles and some of them don't i mean there are some really phallic creatures that i've seen on planets and it is scary to see them hopping around um, i landed on a planet that was must have been nearly pure water it oh, was just wow. like the they're scary island yeah and i was like do what okay i'll go for a swim do you know what i mean i went under the water and i was thinking i kept looking around because the planet before there was like a robot dog that was shooting me with a laser and then this giant one come along like something from farpoint and i was like mate i'm getting out of this planet and i went to the uh i went to the underwater one swam around and it is such a 
I think that's the thing, is it? It's a surreal experience doing yeah. that, being able to yeah. jump. I think was... that was also one of my highlights, just like the 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 straight like diversity of like yep. not knowing what you're gonna encounter and yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be something that you probably didn't imagine. So I think that and for me also the first time flying into a space station with those like I, I don't know if anyone like is, you probably have GT then, uh, but uh, you have those like giant space stations where you can like fly into like the very like elite dangerous kind of like entrance yeah uh, with like all the light and you like you see all the light like flashing also flying back out of that and seeing like a planet all of a sudden pop out of you ah oh, that's that's so visually this game is is just and mind blowing i know it's more arcadey than elite but this for me oh yeah delivers on what elite promised all that time ago and is unfortunately like loading menus it's broken up by loading menus and it, it, it kind of feels like when they first went to i think it was cd technology instead of cartridge or something and like you had the loading scenes and then when you escaped that again and we went digital and and games were then again loading like at a blink it felt like that for me so i don't know it's just it's that smoothness there's one thing i don't like about the game like in terms of the core game design and i wonder what you guys think the space combat is terrible it is really bad. Like trying to oh, really? line up the crosshair and shoot something like whether it's with the move controllers or touch, it's just ah, I find it so awkward and it does not it's feel hard. Yeah. But it does Apparently, not feel rewarding. I, I had a few space battles and actually like I, I kinda enjoyed like that it was not as easy as another space shooter probably is. Mm. Yeah. But, but it, it is a lot easier on the jaw shot. Because it's, so, it's a lot easier uh, on the jaw shot. Yeah. yeah. What about um, chat? Do they have any sort of nice little cool moments uh, they want to share? Um, but I think overall, I think we're all very positive about the game. Like, I think it's one of those games that you know you could buy now in the sale. Like I say, it's like twenty. It's like fifty percent off, so it's like twenty bucks on both PlayStation and PC. And it's one of those games that if you enjoy this type of game, you know, like collecting resources, uh, upgrading, and, and kind of learning and you know crafting things then you could play this for months. It could be your your, your go to VR game for months on end. Yeah, I think actually, sorry. Yeah. I was going to say, it's kind of going to be one of those ones that I just dip in and out of, like, over the next few months. It just reminds me of the game that I originally wanted when they originally spoke about it. That's what it feels yeah. like now. Um, yeah, it's awesome. It is, it is awesome. It, I'm and just so glad I stayed away. Either. You know? Like, I'm, I'm really glad to come to this as a virgin to this title. Because it's like, you know, I can forgive Murray's team and all that. It's just like, whatever happened before, it's fine. It's water under the bridge. You gave yeah. us this beautiful present. And I know, like, people have... I think they even bought him... I think Reddit, if I'm not mistaken, bought him a giant uh, billboard sign saying, thank yeah. you, hello games, right right around yeah. where their, yeah, right their office is. Uh, yeah. cool. Love that. Yeah. In the chat, they're saying uh, the, a very interesting comment, which I also kind of agree with, uh, was a, li a little bit of criticism is coming from a bullet ape he's saying that no man's sky has a little bit of the star wars planet disease if it's a snow planet it's all snow if it's a forest planet all forest if it's a desert planet you got it <laughs> all desert uh, and it starts to buck you off to a while he played it already for more than 120 hours wow. uh, which is true i mean uh, all the planets yeah. that i've encountered so far they all have pretty much like one ecosystem correct yeah. um meatball saucy said uh, that he found learning an alien language he found it to be very cool. He was being able to watch the gibberish turn into sentences. Uh, that that uh, was uh, pretty That's epic. Um, did you guys then... find? I'm curious. Did you guys find a, a problem with, um, with with naming the planets and stuff? Because I found it broke my experience. Where if you tried to name in VR, it just the game would hang. No, planet tried. planet GT is there, man. You, you were able to. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. And GT Ville. 
visit that. that. Two separate planets. Then, huh? <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, nice. nice. Let's sort of wrap up the show then. Um, it's been a fun week. We've talked about loads of cool stuff, like uh, Nate Mitchell leaving Oculus, uh, Space Pirate Arena amazing looking game coming to quest and of course no man's sky uh, just quickly to remind you that this is a weekly vr ar and mr talk show live streamed every saturday on youtube facebook and on twitch catch the show live in vr with other people in big screen tv and the show goes live at 7 p.m in europe 6 p.m in the uk 12 midday in central us you can also check out the audio version which is on itunes soundcloud anchor and spotify and maybe we can just take a couple of questions before we say goodbye if anyone's got any questions uh. or anything there's a good one from Nels. Nels says, is it cross-play PC and PSVR? No, unfortunately, for, for now. I hope they work on that. Although if I had to take my pick, give it to the people on Quest or do cross-play, cross play, mm, I'd say give it cross-play. I think that's a really important point because if you've got a friend who's on PlayStation, you'd really like to be able to play with them. Is it possible? I don't know. Uh, Vivian had said, uh, see you all at OC6, eh? I think that's yes. a, uh, that's that that's a yes as well. Uh, yes. Thank thank you to GT for joining us this week. Uh, this has been a a fun a fun podcast. This is the first time here, and I'm going to say not the last. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, it's nice to have uh, you know, especially especially when you know you're so dedicated to PSVR, and I know you, you use other headsets as well, but predominantly PSVR. It's really interesting to get insights from someone that uses that system so much. So yeah, no yeah, worries, man. I got a lot of love for it. It was the system that got me into VR. So. Um, yeah, I think of it fondly. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. Resident Evil Seven, like, man, that game. I know. I want to ask. I need to ask GT this question on behalf of you know players, PSVR players. What are the hidden gems on there? Like, if you had to pick a couple, right, just to mention, what are the things um, first, that people are missing? All right, straight away. Uh, I'm not. I don't know if they've missed it or not, but I would definitely say the persistence Ooh. is ah. a absolutely fantastic game. It's procedurally generated, um, and it's one of those things where risk for reward as well. There's like. If you, if you die, you basically, um, let me try and think about this. You're cloned, yeah? So every time you die, you respawn and you, you, you keep some experience and stuff. And then every time you die, you can upgrade your clone. Uh, on the ship is a load of clones that are basically messed up. They're like mutants. And there's all different types. There's a massive guy. There's one who walks along just smashing his stick slowly. You can hear him coming from miles away and he's coming after you. And as I said, every time you start a level, if you die and you go in the same level, it's completely different. Huh. And uh, it's almost got a dead space feel to it. Um, oh, nice. And I love Dead Space. Uh, that was one of my. F obviously, they ruined it towards the end, but mm. it was a <laughs> fantastic series when it was when it was when it was. And um, yeah, the persistence for me is one of the games that I would definitely say check out. Like definitely, definitely check that one out for sure. Awesome. Yeah, it's an awesome tip. It's, I think I've got it. I've got it installed on my PS. PS4, but I just never played it. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. It is it's really good. Yeah, I love Dead Space Thanks as well. So now you've got me hyped for that game. Yeah, man. Um, Thank you for yeah. the tip. That's uh, it's always I always I always like to hear recommendations from people because people always you know we get to experience things. But going through the PlayStation Store, you know, every week looking for releases and stuff. Sometimes I see stuff down there that's like just really odd. Like this, there's that Square Enix one, um, that crossover that's like a free demo. I think it finally came to to Europe as well. I'll maybe mention it on uh, next week's one just to remind people of it. But um, keep keep trawling, keep looking at those games because there's a lot of good stuff out there. For sure. For sure. Thanks again for everyone that's joined us live uh, in the chat in VR through Big Screen TV or are listening to it after the fact by the audio version. Uh, me and GT are going to be at Gamescom this week, so hopefully we'll have some cool stuff to share with you next week on the show. Have a great week in VR. Enjoy exploring the galaxy if you're playing No Man's Sky, and we'll see you next week as always. So until then, take care and bye-bye for now. Bye.
Bye. Bye. <laughs>